right, so welcome to the ericswanracing.com podcast. This is uh, number 80, and today I have Johnny Rock Page with us. So thank you for coming on, talking to, to me for about an hour or so. Sure. sure. And uh, we're just going to talk about racing, all, all things, uh, what's going on in your life, what's going on in my life, and just kind of shoot the shit and uh, give people an update on your life. Right on. Where do you want to start? Are we starting yet? Yeah, just jump right into it. Why not? Okay, right on. And well, I got my Brobier hat on. There you my, go. Support the sport. Yep. Cameron Brobier actually gave me this. Uh, he was at 10th place on the grid at Road Atlanta. And then I came up to him and I go, everybody likes to come from behind winter. And then he looks at me and I was recording this whole thing. So it's going to be for my next movie. And then uh, he came back and won it. And then I go, and then he threw me the hat afterwards. <laughs> That's awesome. Dunlop hat, tire, tire vendor. It's what? Dunlop had tire vendor, but he signed it. Yeah, he he signed it for me, and then uh, he just won the race. It was pretty exciting because I think we connected because I was like, "Come on, you can do it. Come from behind and win it." And then he, you know, they, he sprayed the champagne on the stage, put the hat on, and then afterwards gave it to me. Yeah, I can't wait for his uh, his next podium in Moto Two. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing next. I mean, I write to him uh, pretty much every day, so yeah, he's part of my. Uh, I, I don't know what you're, what you're keeping up on. However, you know, I've got uh, quite a bit of things going on right now. Have you watched the first movie? Yeah, you put out a movie. It's, on, uh, it's out there everywhere. Yeah, one-tenth of a second. It's on Amazon Prime. It's in 48 countries. This movie got started by accident from a guy named Kurt Kubasek, who he asked if he could follow me around while I was racing years back. And I'm like, he's the only one that's ever asked if he could follow me around racing. So I'm like, sure, why not? You know, it's not like there's no lines at that point. And so I had filmed like 10 terabytes worth of footage. And uh, I was going to do a reality TV show. Well, hold on. Let me break that down real quick. Because 10 by terabytes of footage could be like a couple hours or it could be days and days and weeks of footage, depending on how big the size is, right? This was over 10 years. Oh, 10 years of footage. Yes. So this guy, Kurt Kubasek, he starts following me around. And then we, we were excited. He, he wanted to make a movie. And we were figuring, okay, it would take about $50 million to, for the budget, you know, to, to have somebody play me in the, in the, in the, in the movie. And so then, so then we, I went to this place uh, in, I, I went to this place in, in Hollywood called the Red Velvet. And I was with this guy, Vincent, at the time, hanging out with him. And there was a red carpet party there that night. And so this guy, Mike was in the uh, in one of the suites that Vincent had rented before the red carpet event. And then Mike said that he was making a movie. He's, he's, he's teamed up with Spielberg in that movie, Catch Me If You Can, with, with Leonardo. This is before it got launched. And so I said, wow, you know, I've got a sizzle reel that this guy Freddie made, and it's two minutes of a compilation of, a, of, of, a, of you know, four to five second clips. And would you take a look at it? We were thinking about doing a reality TV show and make maybe make it a movie and something. And he, so he goes, yeah. I looked at it, and he goes, forget reality TV. He goes, this is a biofilm. And I go, well, we were going to get like fifty million dollars to raise the money for the capital to make the movie. And he goes, no, no. no. He goes, you don't need to do that. You've already got the footage here. And Just I, and I splice went, it up and edit it all nice. Yeah, but I'm like, but at this time I didn't know anything about it. So I'm, I'm like, I've made a splash in reality TV a little bit, you know, with Cox Cable and back then. And then, and then he goes, this is definitely a, a movie. 
And he goes, it's a biofilm. You're the real character. I'm like, yeah, but I need to, I'm not the star. He goes, no, you are the star. He goes, you are the star. This movie's about you. It's about, I go, what's a biofilm? And he goes, it's about real things, real events, real stuff taking place. And I go, okay. So then I decided to, uh, you know, to make the, so, so then what happened is I, is I, as I, I, I turned over the footage to this guy, Kurt Kubasek, and then he, he made a two hour feature film out of the thing. Yeah. And, and then, and then he invited me to a uh, red carpet event for my, for my own movie being launched and surprised me, picked up an SUV and that's how the, and then, and now it's in 48 countries. And at the time, Amazon was just getting going. So they needed people. And so, you know, now if I didn't have a movie, they probably, it'd be difficult to get in the door. But back then when they were just trying to get people, you know, I fell right in that type of uh, timeline. Yeah. So it worked out. And so, yeah, you got all sorts of people in the movie and uh, and so that was uh, back then. And that the movie led to a lot of positive things. I was really excited to have a movie, you know, and, and, and so it's in 48 countries now. It's doing really good. One tenth of a second. The whole idea of the story is I made the pro superbike grid at 38 years old by one tenth of a second. Yeah. <laughs> Can you clip that off? That was the difference between my, my life, you know, shaping and going this way, <laughs> working well, out. Or you were just not qualified for another event and you had to go to the next one, right? That's, if, if that were really the case, you would have just given up. You would have just said, hey, I mean, well, that stunk. I just lost a couple thousand dollars on tires and travel costs and event costs, but I'm going to go to the next one and try again. Well, I was trying, but I wasn't making them. Yeah. And then Montana Raceway, and the lady came over to me and she said that I have 175 points, 177 points, and I need 175 for a one-year eligibility card. So I'm like, okay, I better try out because, you know, Ben Spees, all these guys racing out there at that time. I think it was uh, the Boston Brothers, uh, Jamie Hacking, Matt Is it Ladder. early 2000s? Yeah, Nikki Hayden was even out there. And, you know, I think Nikki was out there. Gosh, I, I, I you know, I raced with all the three brothers. You know, I'm just trying to figure out. I, it's hard to remember all of them, but, you know. But I, I can't if I sit there and think about it. But anyway, I went out there and then I and then finally one day I made that by one tenth of a second and and everything just got turned on from there. You know, at least I felt like I was part of this group, you know. And then I'll never forget when Michael Jordan came when I when Michael Jordan and I became friends. I remember one time he came up to me on the grid, you know, walked all the way out there and puts has me on the back and says, Okay, good luck, Paige. I'm like, all right, thanks, Jordan. <laughs> so it's pretty to have in your corner. It's what? Good support to have in your corner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It's definitely been a thrill ride, you know. And then I raced last year in the Daytona 200 in March 13th, or I don't know, whatever day it was, March 16th. I forget the date. So it's been a pretty exciting run. But th that, you know, racing has just been kind of one of those things that it led to different opportunity. So, you know, I got in the movie business, and then I got into the uh, into the political arena from that, you know. Yeah kept kind of pushing and, and trying to figure out what's next. And, and you know, a movie's got a big impact. It really leads to a lot of opportunity. Now I've got oh, a second movie filming for four or five years now, so. Yeah, so for people who don't know, give the uh, uh, give a short story on who you are and where you're from and what you did to get here. Well, let's see, born 1968, I'm 53 years old, Johnny Rock Page. My real name is John Rock Page. And I am a past entrepreneur and who got lucky and turned pro superbike. So there was a time where I didn't know if I was an entrepreneur or a motorcycle racer. And so my motorcycle career took off. And then with all the accidents and head concussions I got along the way, you know, 
I ended up uh, becoming a full-time super bike racer in the process, you know, just kept holding on to that dream and that opportunity. And then, then I got into the political arena, you know, September 9th, 2014, you know, I, uh, I remember thinking, okay, what can I do? I'm carrying the flag, you know, and I'm like, I'm carrying the flag. And then I'm like, what can I do to contribute to this country, you know? I'm sort of thinking, you know, they, they by this time they had named me Captain America in the media. So I'm getting all excited about my name, Captain America. And I'm like, what can I do? I, and I'm like, I need a political teammate, you know? And so I, I wrote in the, uh, in the, in the, in the, in road racing world, I'm like, Hey, what about Paris Hilton? She's got a really good, she's got kind of a, you know, she's, she's very patriotic at the time, you know, and she still is today. And then I'm like, uh, so then I, 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 ended up going to this place in uh, New York and it was a fashion show going on. By this time, the, the publication was already out there. And then, and then Justin Bieber was there, J-Lo and, and, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Ryan Seacrest was hosting the show. And so then I, so I showed up to the place and then they, they sat me front row. So Ernie, 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 Ernie and I, uh, we both sat, sat front row Marcel Ernie was a superbike racer, Canadian. Oh, yeah. so, so then all of a sudden I turn, I've got these dream big, anything possible bracelets on. They say Mark 10, 27, a scripture, you know, all things are possible with God. And then it's John and our page, dream big, anything possible. I got all this, you know, and then I put this song come alive on there, which happened to be one of Paris's songs that I liked at the time. Never really thought much about it. Just kind of did it out of, out of fun, you know? And then, and then I turn around and I got these brand new bracelets that just showed up, right? And I turn around and Paris is sitting right there. And I'm like, what the heck Paris is doing? And by this time, I already put an article saying I'm looking for a political teammate, you know? And so then, so then she, uh, she sat, she got seated front row and I got seated front row. And then during the break, you know, I'm like, hey, you want to be political teammates? What are you saying? And she says, yes, let's do it. No hesitation. Fist bumped me and we shook hands on it. Marcel already took a picture and, and that was that. And so I set out, okay, here it is, you know, September 9th, 2014, you know, it, you know, leading the future of the country doesn't come with a set of, you know, it doesn't come with a set of plans, you know, it, it doesn't, there's not like a, this is how you do it. Yeah. Who am I? I'm a super bike racer. I'm a flag carrying person. And then, you know, I was baptized September 9th, 2014, you know? So I'm like, who am I? You know, so, so after a point, I'm just like, okay, I'm a baptized man uh and i'm trying to lead the country and i'm like trying to figure out what can i do to contribute you know to our to our country you know you're saying like baptized politically into that new arena or like religiously as like a a, a christian uh, i i confessed all my sins and then they said who do you profess as lord on this day and i said jesus is lord and then they dunked me underwater okay and so that's what i did so you know what faith i guess that's uh you know, Christianity, right? Yeah, so it was a pretty simple process. I mean, it was a little scary, but I did it. <laughs> had a lot of stuff inside of me that I had to talk about, you know? Sure, I bet. Um, it was good, and, and, uh, and then, but at that time, I was just trying to figure out how I could contribute back to the country. So then I'm like, okay, well, as I started, and I'm not going to get all into my faith much, but I, I read in the Bible, I'm like, I'm like, okay, what? I was trying to learn and trying to understand who God is, you know? And then I learned that God likes us to marry holy. He calls us to be sanctified, to marry holy. And I'm like, holy. I'm like, 
how do I do this? And like, so then I'm like, I, I had to go back to trying to, okay, like I used to just sleep with any, you know, girls whenever they're around and you sleep with them, right? That's what you do. And then, uh, and then I had to figure out, okay, well, I guess after learning, I'm like, I'm supposed to not, I guess I'm supposed to put things together more in a proper way. So then I started dating all these girls. And so then I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, I guess I've got to get married holy, you know, which means, what does that mean to you at your age? Getting married, I mean, uh, I'm not too religious on my end, but I respect it. You know, I yeah. wouldn't mind getting married in a courthouse, but I, uh, some people are different. Some people like different things and the whole ceremony, but I, I've been to them before. Um, but you got to face the dad, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, everybody's different. You got to face the dad. And so that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay. So I'm learning about God in the Bible. And then I'm like, also thinking about the woman, right? Yeah. And I'm like, this is much different than I used to go about it you know hey yeah what's up i'm sleeping with your daughter what's going on you know just like whatever and now i'm like thinking okay now i gotta do this really proper so so i kind of like i learned these things after i got baptized i started studying and learning these things right everybody everybody learns about these things at different times so anyway so anyway in my life path i got i got baptized like 42 years old so i just kept trying to figure out how to do this more proper and better and 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 figure out how to put together the best because i if i'm going to lead the future america i had to be the best myself you know i didn't I didn't want to like, it was about me. I had to figure out how to be the best of me, the best version of myself. So I had to let go of my past and, and you know, uh, and then move on to the future. And so in that process, you know, I, when, when Paris and I teamed up, you know, I, I was thinking of, gosh, you know, I, I had all these people that I, that I was assigning it to, you know, saying, okay, I want these people. And, and the other person was Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. And I became, you know, excellent friends over a four or five year period there. And we had so many incredible stories you know i didn't know michael jordan when he was a basketball player i mean i knew of him you know but i didn't i didn't we didn't get to know each other until after his career was ended and then we partied hung out many times he always he's a big race fan he's he funded uh race teams for many years and i still probably does track days a little bit here and there you know i i haven't talked to him in, in years but i i hope to play golf with him or go fishing with him or something you know because he fishes a lot he smokes cigars and he golfs that's about it you know, besides that, he's hanging out with his wife and having fun, I'm sure, with his kids now. He yeah. kind of, he got his wife pregnant and then, and then uh, had kids. And now he's, he kind of switched gears, you know. I was in that phase when he was like, when things were coming apart and he was just out there having a good time and, and getting life rolling again, you know. Yeah. And so, so, but I'll never forget the first time we met. There was, I, I walked up and I had my leathers on and I'd written a, a, a letter to this guy, Montez Stewart, who's a friend of his also. And then I. And then I saw this, there's this, this RV bus. And that, back then there was no social media. There was sort of iPhones. So the, the, the RV bus was surrounded. There were tents, tents ropes around. And there was like 10 people deep everywhere, completely surrounded. So I'm like, what's going on here? So I, I look through there and I see Michael Jordan sitting on the RV steps. He's sitting on the steps. So I walk through the crowd and I sit down next to him. And I'm like, hi, Michael Jordan. I'm John R. Page. And he goes, well, hi, I'm Michael. And I'm like, yeah, I know who you are. I said, you're that guy that uh, Superstition Mountain. I hear you are. You hear your cheap ass. You never tip tip people, and then he thought that was the funniest thing in the world. I was just telling him what I heard about. Him. Yeah, and then we started bantering back and forth for like fifteen minutes, and then and then he's like, "Hey, what are you doing on on a Monday or Tuesday?" And I'm like, uh, "After the race weekend." I'm like, "No, no plans." And he goes, "Maybe at Superstition Mountain if you want to go golfing with me, Ahmad Rashad, Charles Oakley, and uh, and Vincent Coleman, who's a football player, and so or baseball player. I'm not sure." And so so I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So I showed up there, and then that's when we began. You know, we began a friendship out there 
you know, when that, when that came about. So that's when that all started. It was pretty exciting. And that's when we started hanging out. And then it just built from there, you know, from the parties in Valencia, Spain, from all night parties, hanging out till five hours, you know, and then watching him control a crowd was, I've never seen it like that in my life. Well, he's just a celebrity. <laughs> he's just always has crowds everywhere. I mean, you probably get good with it when you have them uh, all over the place like that. Yeah, he, he never had any bodyguards around them, you know, he was, it was just always him and his buddies, you know, Charles Oakley was around, you know, a lot. And so Charles Oakley was just kind of like, you know, Charles Oakley just looks at you and then you're just like, <laughs> he's like seven feet tall. So, you know, but I hung out with all those guys for years. I'll never forget we were, we were in, uh, where I was in Valencia, Spain. And then, and then, uh, Jordan, Jordan got, it was after Valentino Rossi won that weekend in, in, in Valencia, Spain, he brought Nikki Hayden and Valentino Rossi and some other guys, I think Colin Edwards, some new Jordan shoes and all that. And so we were smoking around cigars for about four or five hours talking all night. Just Jordan and I went back and forth about his clothing line, just different things we were talking about. And then, so after the race weekend, when Rossi won, we then went to, uh, this party place that was close by and this was the place to be I mean you want to be at a party this is the place to be so so MJ and I uh, we're, we're there there's like 15 of us you know we get there before the entire crowd so MJ he jumps behind the bar and I'm like I'm, I'm like Jordan why are you behind the bar and he goes it's the only place I'm safe and I go and it, you know this time you know I'm I get that he's known but you know we're in the inner circle so we're just you know I'm just rapping with him like a like a like a like every day you know just get i guess you get used to hanging out with him and and so so we're hanging out and then the place gets completely crowded there's two rooms there's like two thousand people in this one room and there's like nobody in this next room but they're connected two different parties border right and mj goes like this he goes hey Paige, watch this and i go and i go what he walks out to go to the bathroom right in the other bar i kid you not eric the entire place cleared out and I'm not exaggerating, within five, two, three, four, five minutes, the entire place was cleared out and everybody went to the next door place except for his friends. Oh, trying to follow him, right? <laughs> and then Jordan comes back and the place filled back up again. <laughs> everybody had their eye on MJ at that entire place. I and bet. so- Everybody yeah. wants just a piece of what, what is that magic that he has that uh, is so much better than everybody else? You know, <sighs> You know, MJ's gone. He he's played in nine championships, and he's won one hundred percent of all of his championships. Yeah, he's not lost any of his championships. You know, every he's ever made it to a game seven in the NBA. That's yeah. how good. You know, I know there's something in, there's something incredible about him. I mean, Pippen's great, and Jordan. You know, Jordan was just one of those uh, players. You know, I you know I got to know about him after after hanging out with him for years. You know, he's in my first movie. And I'm and I'm hoping he's going to be in my second. I hope we get to golf or fish or hang out again. But you know, I've got a lot of fun, a lot of fun memories of Jordan. I just had a good time with him, you know. For sure. Me, yeah. So so then so I started figuring out, you know, I thought MJ would be be a great political teammate, you know. So I put him on the roster, and uh, Jordan's just one of those guys where he's likable. He's very charismatic, and he's interesting too. He likes to make friends. You know, he, he hangs out with, uh, he, hangs, he hangs out with all sorts of different people, you know, he's very, uh, he's got a very unique mind, you know, the way he thinks and sees things, you know, and he, sure. he, he's always, he's always trying to inspire people. Yeah. You know? 
He's I himself. To, uh, I wanted to get into your, uh, your entrepreneurial uh, background a little bit and how you, you said you got lucky uh, early on. So what, what is that all about and what did you get into? Well, a long time ago, I got into the ATM business, you mean? Yeah. You know, that was so long ago. I, I started the ATM industry years ago. Put, you know, it took like six months to get my first ATM. But I put this dream big anything is possible board and I put a collage of what I wanted to do in my future. And, and I was trying to go super bike racing. And the only way I could figure out that I could go super bike racing if I put a thousand ATMs all over the country. So it took me six months to get my first ATM, but I didn't give up because I'm like, if I give up, I'm not going to get to go super bike racing. Right. So finally, six months later, I broke, got my first ATM machine that actually got installed, this place called in food market. And then, and then the guy was, he was like, no, no, don't tell me I'm a first customer. I'm like, yes, you are, but you already signed up. Yeah. His name is Ken Patel. And so there was a guy uh, that, that walked up with contractor pants on and put all this stuff on the table. And I was already halfway through my presentation, you know, on the, on the table talking to Ken Patel. And this guy goes, oh, shoot. He goes, I need an ATM. I can't pay for this stuff. And then <laughs> Ken looks at me and he goes, about three miles down that way. And then so this guy signed up with the ATM machine. Two weeks later, they installed it. And then I got one of those thirst buster big gulps at the time and then watched people use it. And two weeks, he got my ref reference letter. And then I got, I put ATMs all over Arizona and then I uh, branched out to all over America. And that, you know, that was only a part of my life. I, I was, uh, I did that for 17 years. It was a great business. And then I, I parlayed that. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I, I, I got some inspirations to lead the future of America in the ways that I could. So, so I was branching out to other things, you know, I, I, I experienced being an entrepreneur. Now I wanted, I wanted to do different things, you know? So nobody was really having ATMs in their business before. It sounded like they, they had a couple, but they were super spread out and they weren't really that popular. The, you know, each, each machine did about 300 transactions a month. So they did pretty good, you know, so you make 50 cents a pop, it adds up. Yeah. And it's residual income. So it's, you know, it was good. It was good income. And, but I probably that into, so I could, you know, I wanted to, I knew I wanted to race. I didn't really care about being an entrepreneur anymore. You know, I did been there, done that. What I wanted to do next was I wanted to, uh, I had achieved the spiritual stuff, right? You know, my walk with God became really st strong and is, is, is extremely strong today. And so, you know, at that time I was like thinking, okay, what, what can I do? You know, you, as you get older, you're, how old are you right now, Eric? I'm 29. Okay. So as you get older and when you have children and you start doing these things, you start thinking, you know, what can I do to contribute back, you know, to my country, to, to whoever it is, you know? So I was, so I was trying to think of all these different things, like how can I contribute back? So, so in September 9th, 2014, then, then Paris and I teamed up politically. We're both like, yeah, let's do it. Let's lead the future of America. So I met Mr. Hilton. I met Nikki. I met all the family. I, you know, I even met the person that Paris was with this guy, Chris Silka, that she was dating before the guy that she married. And so, so her and I have been political teammates all this time. So I started, you know, I started uh, meeting people, you know, going out there and in, in, into Hollywood and, and cause I was trying to figure out what can I do? I'm, I'm racing, carrying our flag, you know, then, 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 uh, so I'm just pushing the boundaries, trying to figure out how I can contribute. And, and, and like I said, it doesn't come with a set of instructions, right? And so unique for every single person. 
Yes, yes. So, so one day I went to, uh, went to I went to this, I went to church one day, and this this girl asked me to, she asked me to baptize her, you know. So I'm like, okay. So, so I'm like, I've done a few of those at that time. So I decided, okay, I'll baptize you. She's been studying for like ten years. So on that day, she decided she wanted me to baptize her. So I'm like, all right, I'll baptize you. So, so then, uh, so then um, I baptized her, and then she went about her day. I baptized her in Malibu, California, you know. And then the very next day, you know, I started getting visions. In, in the Bible, it does say that there's, uh, I will pour out visions to young men, you know. It's in the Bible. So, so, so then visions, they started pouring into me. So that day, that morning, I had a vision to go buy a lapel pin. So I went and got this lapel pin. It was double clasped so I could wear my suit bike leathers. You know, I'm just, that's how I see it. And they usually come with just one, one pin. This one came with two. So I went and... And, uh, and, and, I, and I got this lapel pin and I started meeting hands, shaking hands. You know, I met, I met Bill Gates. I met, I, I met Melinda Gates later at a different point. I met Larry Elson. You know, I started meeting all these people, you know, as I, as I was building the campaign, you know, I was just taking pictures and meeting people, but I didn't understand. I was doing everything in faith, hoping that it was working, right? And then, uh, then this is, the, now we're gonna go, we're going to go kind of, this is, this is pretty exciting. Like some American history, this is a real part of it. So, so December 27th, 2018, I'm, I'm hanging out, no drugs, no alcohol. I'll make that really clear. I was at this lady's house. Uh, uh, her daughter's name was Zoya Suratenko and her mom's name was Katya. And so they went out of town and I, and I was there, you know, for Christmas by myself. I watched that movie last Last Kingdom with Uhtred, you know, that, that guy. And so I was watching that movie. And then, uh, and then at night on December 27th, 2018, in the morning, uh, a gold crown gets placed on my head. And so a gold crown literally got put on my head and I'm like, what was that? And I'm like, what just happened to me? So I wrote down the time and I recorded 8.21 AM, you know, December 27th. And then I was like, I'm like, I, I've made crowns in the past, just pretending, you know, I'm king and all this stuff like that, right? right? And then I actually got crowned king. And then, and then, and then two weeks later, like February something, February 2nd or 3rd, a cr the crown shows up again and the royal purple cross gets put on the crown and it, and it gets put on my head again. I'm like, what was that? And so I literally, I, I broke down crying because I was like so overwhelmed because I'm not used to this Harry Potter life, right? That's completely Harry Potter. You know, I've watched the movies, different things, but this is like, this really just happened. So I, so I had this guy, R.D. Baker, God, God sent us a message to me to go visit this R.D. Baker. So I'm like, okay, so I go visit R.D. Baker and R.D. Baker goes, I know exactly what that is. That's, that's, you're a leader of the country. He goes, I know exactly what that is. He goes, and because the words were Jesus Christ out of the Nazareth when I got crowned. So God crowned me. And so, so, so he goes, I know exactly what that is. He's, he's baptized like a thousand people. He's been in there a lot. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this is, this kind of, it broke my, it broke my mind, you know, it, it also broke my mind when I decided to, you know, campaign for, to lead the future as president, you know, and, and so tradition went out the door as far as American history goes, because normally there's a tradition, there's, there's either this party, or this party, you get your options, that's it. But when a king comes through crowned by God, that's a whole different set of rules, right? So I got to go with my superbike leathers, meeting people, taking pictures, sharing stories. 
I did I, I put zero posts up. I just kind of shared stories and collected a hundred and something thousand pictures, you know, of all the moments and wrote stories about it. So along the path, I met Bill Gates, Larry Ellison, Michael Jordan, the Hiltons. I've met all sorts of football players, basketball players. I mean, Reggie Miller. I've met I've met so many stars. It's unbelievable. So then, so then I started thinking, okay, what does the crown mean? This is where it gets interesting because I'm 53. I'm not as young and good looking as I used to be, you know, like you're, you're very young. You got that youthful look, but at 53, you don't have that luster. However, one thing that I, that I had in my arsenal now was being crowned king. It offers a whole new opportunity. So when I marry a woman, she automatically, according to history, if you look up the history, when a woman marries a, a man that God has crowned, she becomes a legit, true queen so that's that would be that's america's first historical queen through marriage to me so i'm sitting here thinking okay so i understand the the insanity of this thought right i get it i get that it's out there but it's terry potter but isn't it fun so so at this time you know i'll back up before i got crowned i met this girl Lindsay pokey lezader i was on the beach after my accident bad head injury and this 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 girl looks like jackie onassis but a modern day, right? Absolutely, absolutely strange. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna provide some of these pictures for the story. This, this girl's brunette, she's 5'9". She's, she, she's literally a 10, like absolutely knockout. So we exchanged numbers by the beach. She invites me up for a photo shoot. I've got these brand new superbike leathers that were in the cellophane package. They've never been worn by anybody, right? So I bring up on set after we did a photo shoot for her magazine that she was putting together. You know, they, they, they paired us off a lot and then and then I bring out my leathers and then she smiles at me, doesn't say one word and then puts them on. And she comes out looking like this. I'll give you the picture. She's absolutely stunning. So, so then I'm sitting here thinking, so then after that, we, you know, we, we, after the photo shoot, we both went and hung out in her Jeep and we were sitting there for about an hour talking like face to face, like this close to one another. And I just was like, I'm like trying to put, I'm, I'm trying to lead, you know, set things down myself, lead, carry this, proper holy path right you know try you know staying away from sex before marriage it's like ah right all these things i'm thinking about she tells me her dad is the biggest biggest jesus follower and i'm like okay so now she's put me in check so i'm sitting here thinking okay control myself i'm like okay so maybe i could meet her dad so i i wanted to kiss her we were like real close to it and then i'm like no if i kiss her i'm just gonna end up getting too fired up right so I'm like, if I kiss you, we're going to go in the back. By that time, she was telling me your dad's a Jesus follower. I'm like, okay, let me put this on the burners. So then she gave me her phone number. So I started texting her as I'm trying to campaign meeting people. I'm like, okay, you're my go-to girl. I'm going to start texting you pictures of everybody. And we're just going to start texting photos, right? Or yeah. I'm going to start you and just kind of doing, you know, email, text, whatever I can. I just got to get something going here, right? Because at this time, Prior to that, Paris and I met up and we exchanged emails. So that way I could start trying to email Paris, Lindsay, all the people I'm meeting, right? So, so, I, so I started doing that. And, and, then, and then I ended up, uh, you know, she, she was dating different guys. And I'm like, okay, I was dating. I dated probably 35, 40, 50 women over this campaign path. And I haven't slept with one of them, right? Not because they didn't want to, but I figured, how can I sit there and lead lead properly and this is probably why i got crowned right sharing the i was sharing sharing the bible sharing sharing the good news and then but campaigning meeting people shaking hands and sharing the story right and so so you know so now i'm crowned so now i'm crowned so now i'm thinking okay who wants to be queen 
And I'm like, first lady, queen. I mean, this is a whole different opportunity, right? So, so when I'm looking at Lindsay and I'm sitting there thinking, well, I'm teamed up with Paris Hilton. I, I, I know we're going to do great. And I know we're going to win. And we're winning. And I know what things are going to happen back then. I'm like, this is this is an incredible team, right? So, so I'm, I'm looking at her thinking, well, Paris may not be interested in me, but we're political teammates. But maybe this girl wants to be first lady or queen, yeah. you know? And so, so, you, so ran in, uh, you ran in 2014 then? What's that? You ran in 2014 then, right? For what position? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. You got to keep in mind that you're, you're used to one or the other, right? That's your option. For the like, parties? Yeah, you used to either you could pick this or that. Well, you also have like libertarian or like a, maybe a third party. Yeah, but so so the, the thing is America's never had a America's never had a king until me. I'm the first king ever in America's history. So it's a whole different set of deal now. So so I get I'm getting I get visions and messages constantly, you know, from God and Father in heaven. I get those things and I write them down and I share them and I distribute them out to people. Like I said, it's very Harry Potter. But I wouldn't yeah, lie about I'm not that. too uh, I'm not too up on all the, the Christian talk with the kings and being uh, crowned as yeah. a king by God. That sounds a little out there for most people. Yeah, so if we could try to stick to more of the uh, the racing, uh, that would make me more comfortable. Yeah. Well, I can't help what's real, you know what I mean? Like I can't I mean, everybody like I has their own beliefs and I respect those yeah. beliefs, but um you know, I'm, I'm not too religious of a person myself, so uh, I, I know a lot more about motorcycles. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you about motorcycles, too. So so, so anyway, so I started building this uh, campaign little by little, and as our numbers grew, you know, we went from not many followers, then I met this girl, Lisa Marie, who's a, who's a blonde, bright blonde girl in, uh, in Malibu. Uh, we, we ran into her like four times. She's this girl, she's 5'9", she's... She's uh, absolutely stunning. She's got blonde hair. She's she was a pageant girl, and and she and and so I'm like talking to her. I met I met her near church. I met her at Nobu a couple times coincidentally, and then I thought she was like 20 years old. I found out she's like 30 30. Now she'll be 35 March 21st, but she's never been married either. And and so I'm talking to her, and then we ran into each other like four times over over time. So I'm like. So then, and then I'm working with this girl Willow, and then I'm working with, uh, you know, different different possible women, trying to figure out which one wants to be, you know, America's. Let's just call it my future wife, okay? And then, so then I met this girl who's 20 years old. Her name is Bella, and and I'm, you know, I'm I'm trying to, I'm campaigning with women. So so my my path was okay. I got 35, 40, 50 women that I'm that I that I've met along this path, and now I'm trying to figure out. Women will help you out a lot if you, if you do them right, you know, like you, you, you're kind to them and respectful. And so, so I, I dated a lot of these girls and then, uh, and then we were, we were at no, we were at no followers. And then we got up to where we had like, uh, what was it? 50,000 people in our alliances, you know, that formed. And then we got to where we had a million people in the alliances. And then it went to 10 million, 20 million. 30 million today it's at over 45 million people in our alliances and you're talking a massive long list of celebrities i have campaigned i i've met that shook the hands of uh john rom you know gave him a fist bump when he won the 2021 u.s open uh shambo you know bryson shambo got to meet him 
his brother. And uh, so I've, I've, I got to hang out with Tiger Woods while he was sitting there golfing, you know, at the range, like, you know, five feet away, just hanging out with him. And Tony Finau, you know, uh, Justin Rose, you know, I, I've met such a long list of celebrities and been photographed so many people. And then I met the paparazzis. They were constantly photographing different photos when I'd hang out with, helping them out, do work and have fun with them. I got to know all these guys and then, and then it just became, it started building, you know? And, and so I did this with zero posts all through stories and all this. And then I met, when I met Bill Gates, that was very unique. I gave him, I gave him one of these bracelets. You know, we met in the bathroom of all places at Nobu. I'm pushing the door and Bill Gates walks in. I'm like, hey, Bill Gates. So Bill Gates was in there. And then uh, we met afterwards and I showed him a picture of my race. And then I asked if I'd give him one of these. And then, you know, that's, so, so the campaign is built over time, you know? And so and then, you ran in, you said, 2014? Well, uh, I, I, I've never stopped campaigning, actually. I've never stopped. I've, right now, right now the, the, our alliance is over 45 million people. So that's over 13.5% that's, that's over of America's entire nation are aligned with, with what we've got going on. You know? And so what do you normally, uh, or how do you normally do in the polls? Like, where do you rank in there and like, vote count? Or do you have like a, a tally over the years? No, I, I, I get my numbers input. They get given to me and then I share them with everybody, like where we're at. So, you know, we've got, we've got contributions that are, that are set up. It's like the way, the way I see it that's been shown to me, it's like a massive puzzle. You know, like all the pictures, like all those things, you, the plaques you have on the back wall. Imagine that whole thing was broken up into tiny little puzzle pieces. And you never know which puzzle piece is gonna be put into your mind at the time that you're gonna work with, right? Because you don't know if it's gonna be from the past or the future, you're not sure where it's coming in from. So you get that, that would be like what you call a vision or message, and then you share it with the campaign. That's how campaigns work. And then they build up, if that makes sense. But, but I'm not the one that decides on which puzzle piece is gonna come in, you know? And that's what creates the fun and the excitement in it. So, so it's like a puzzle piece. I never know which part is going to come in at, what, at a time. And so I just kind of build it from there. Last year, I got to race in the, in the Daytona 200. You know, I carried the names of uh, what I call the 55 Strong Jesus Christ Lord team, which consists of a lot of people, a great list. And then, and then uh, from there, I, I had Tiger Woods' name on the bike, Tom Brady's name on the bike. I have... Uh, you know, this girl, Lisa, I put her name on the bike, uh, along with a big list of people and just kind of raced, carried the flag and, and did my thing, you know, try to, you know, always, always making my presence, you know, known in the ways that I could. And believe it or not, you know, I, I can't explain how it works. I just know when you catch the wave, you catch it, it works. So it's yeah, like, so, you know, and you've been doing Daytona for a little while now, and uh, they even pay out to top 40 positions, like $175,000 purse with yeah. everybody. That's yeah. a pretty cool thing. Yeah. And then you get your sponsors who give you money too. Like they'll say, okay, we'll give you this if you do this, you know, so you get all kinds of deals from, from racing events. I did really well. I got a 10 day notice last year and I wasn't in shape, but I was in probably 70% shape and I went there. And, and I got really fortunate, got a good bike to ride. I rode Josh Herod's bike from the previous year. And it was tuned to incredible. I've never ridden a bike so smooth, you know? That was the and, Yamaha? Yeah, it was his Yamaha. He, he got called to race in something else. So he wasn't allowed to race the Daytona 200 after setting the pole on it, you know, in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> we were <laughs> racing. Chance to defend. We, we got canceled. 
in 2020, we got canceled. So tell me about that. You guys already did practice, already qualified, and then what happened? Well, politics. I'm there at, at, at you know, I'm there as Captain America racing, right? And at this time, we're making our presence known by writing a lot of letters. And I got the whole race community that's coming on board. They're starting to catch the vibe, you know? I got Valentina Rossi, I got Mark Marquez. I started from, you know, got Ben Spees with the flag and I. I got, I got, I started from the, with the best of the races, you know? Uh, and then all these people started taking photos with me and, and then it built. Like, I didn't know that it was going to build into something, like I said. And so, so, you know, getting Rossi's endorsement was pretty exciting. That was, that was awesome. And so, so uh, what was the question again? I, I went blank. You're at Daytona and racing, oh, yeah. and uh, it just got, uh, we just did practice and qualifying. This is 2020, March. Yeah. So we're sitting there, right? And then at this time, politics was going on. So, so another leader was at the NASCAR event trying to kick that event off two weeks early with Jim France. I'm there with the suit bike racers, Captain America, trying to race. And when you're racing it at this time at 51 years old and you're carrying the flag, and you got a big alliances forming, right? And you got Paris Hilton as your teammate, Michael Jordan. I got all these incredible people, right? And then, and then at the time, Bill Gates and I met the stories out there, you know? And so, so then our event, we qualify, five minutes later, it gets canceled. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, if I say it's politics, they're gonna think it's delusional, right? So I'm just like, okay, our race just got canceled. They could have let us race. We just traveled here from all over the world, you know, to get to this place in Florida especially some of the people and they canceled it so i'm like wow so i had already taken pictures and publicized it that i qualified carrying our team i did make my political move luckily like one hour before like right before it was canceled i made all i time code and got everything in there right so i got really lucky on that and and then they canceled the event so i'm like okay so we got published canceled you know so we went back home and then uh and i moved to san diego for the rest of it in 2021 this guy tj tj bauer who was standing on my couch he, his business took off and so he sponsored me for 2021 and then that's where i got josh heron's bike and i and i and i made some money in that and i bought a i bought a diamond with the money and yeah <laughs> okay I, I bought a one carat diamond well the, the diamond evolved it used to be a 3.5 carat diamond and then and then uh hey i can see it from here it's always yeah, blinded and it, <laughs> thanks and then it, it evolved into a Littler diamond because I need to sell it to get some money to race. So they gave me a little diamond with the money. And then I took that same diamond that I and then I got a bigger diamond. Now I've got a one carat diamond. I figured, okay, I'm not, I don't even have a fiance yet, but at least I've got the diamond. So I'm ready. What does something like a one carat diamond cost? If you don't mind me it, asking. It, it was a lot of money. It was, yeah. it was, it was good quality, you know? Because sometimes they say for, they should, uh, what's the general rule? I don't know. I'm not married. Uh, you're supposed to have two months of salary into into a wedding ring. Is that right? Yeah, but the but the best thing is just to have a girl that you know is nice and is into you and is sweet. You know. Yeah, you don't Attract need all that stuff. And vice versa. Yeah, but I, you know, as 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 a leader, I have to I have to meet the parents. So right. I have to keep. I have to meet the parents or meet, you know, for parents and all that. I have to keep, I have to meet the people around her. So I've got to I've got to treat her like a queen before she can become queen. So you're dating, you're actively dating now, looking for a, a mistress or a woman? Not a mistress. I'm, lo I'm looking for a woman who's interested in becoming queen and, and, and coming together with heavenly standards. So uh, getting married and settling down, maybe having a kid? 
Absolutely. I've, I've got kids already, but, but definitely it would be great to have more kids in the future. I'm, I'm very 100% open. And now, that. are you on like match.com or like uh, Tinder or it's, what is it? it okay, it's tempting, but you know, I feel like if I do that, then maybe the girls that I'm working with are not going to see the opportunity. So, as much as I want to just, ooh, I want to meet all these girls, I stay, I write to these girls and I stay in touch with them. And I'm like, here's the opportunity. What do you think? And so if they've got a boyfriend at the time, obviously it's not going to work. So they've got to, first of all, get single and prepare themselves. So then we could court, you know, sure. courting is we get together and we, you know, we stay away from fourth base. We court, you know, like I'm telling you, you don't have any kids yet, do you? Not, not that I know of. Okay. When you have kids, you'd be like, oh my gosh, now what do I have to do? Because your life folds in half and then you got to like, now you got to figure out how to contribute back to, you know. Well, at first it looks like uh, childcare is expensive. I, I love having kids. So, so to me, I would hang out with them. I've had kids before and they're just a blast to hang out with. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to having, you know, more kids in the future. I, that was my, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know. I was married before. Now I'm going to get, you know, married. I've been single for like five, six years. So I've been single for quite a long time. Okay. Co close a couple of times. I like some girls, but you know, didn't catch the way I wanted it to, you know, it's hard to find the right person. It, it, yeah, it is. It's, it is difficult. It, it is. It can be very difficult, you know, and, and then you get used to being single too. Yeah. And know? now, you know, I read a book and Z's and sorry, the comedian, um, he wrote a book on modern love, I think it is, and he talks about, you know, uh, 50 years ago, most people married their uh, person on their block or in their neighborhood. And yes. now you have a global environment where you have 4 billion options or so, that, and everybody's moving around, you're never, and you're always thinking, oh, there's something better out there, and you're, you can never, like, settle down because there's so many options. It, it, it's just such an abundance. Yeah, and, and you know what, you're right. Have you ever seen the movie Bridgerton? Uh, it doesn't ring a bell. Like, well, you know, you're right. Back then, you used to have the parents used to set up the kids, and they used to date, and and there there'd always be a lot of people around. So, you know, we've we've gotten it's the society is very different. You know, dating today is completely like if if one girl doesn't call you, just call next because you got a whole social media of people. You know, so I've tried to stay really focused on mine. You know, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it works. I mean, I'm I, I I'm I'm I'll be married in 2020. Just gotta you know, find out who and when, and then, and then uh, after that, you know, get back, get get together with Paris and go uh, meet up with her husband, and you know, carry our carry our our, our vision forward, you know, our commitment. For sure. So, yeah, and then and so uh, you're a huge you're a huge uh, American supporter of uh, you know all things America. It sounds like, and so we just had uh, we just had a holiday yesterday, MLK Day, but. You know, it, it seems yeah. like most most businesses don't actually um, follow it as like a holiday like banks do. Do you think that's a problem? We should have more more like bank holidays uh, across the board for all companies, or is it okay to be open on those days? You know, it it, it, it doesn't really matter. I guess whatever people decide is best. You know, if, I mean, when a, now nowadays you bank on online so much, it's almost like you don't even need to go into a bank that often. You know, right. So everything's, everything's online now. So, I mean, I do all my banking online. I go to the ATM sometimes, but, but I, you know, everything's online now. And then you, everybody's got their, uh, you know, their, their bit, their Bitcoin or their different types of technology that they can buy. Doge. You like Doge? 
I just bought some the other day. I bought like 20 bucks. Really? But you know what the thing is? I think that one is, isn't that one where they can keep making it and it's just going to be devalued more and more and more and more? I'm not sure, but Elon Musk likes it. You know? Yeah, so I was like, I'll buy twenty bucks. Yeah, what the heck? It doesn't. It's yeah. not going to really make a difference either way. Um, I mean, if it goes up to fifty thousand dollars a share, that could be cool. Yeah. So you just you just buy it and, and hold on to it, and then if it hits, I feel like 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 uh, the I feel like the cryptocurrencies like the yen, cash, the the American dollar, the Japanese dollar, the 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 peso. I feel like it's just a different form of cash. Pretty but, much, but those cash so, values get changed yeah. way more frequently because they're tradable. Yeah, and so so the Bitcoin, the the, the this technology, this this industry, I feel like you're gonna have all sorts of cryptocurrencies that are gonna go up, just like the different values in different different you know economies, different countries. So I feel like you know why not buy five or six, seven different cryptocurrencies? But I, I like Doge because it's at the bottom, it's at the floor opportunity right now, you know, and like seventeen and, cents or something. And it's a fun, it's a fun, it's, it's fun. It's like you have an, if you have an animal, you want to own, you know, <laughs> yeah. dog. You actually, own. some of them, I just realized, I've been learning a little bit more about it. I think everybody kind of is and uh, yeah. it's getting more popularity, but some of them actually give you uh, like a dividend. They have one, one of them is 5% dividend and I just got like a seven tenths of a penny the other day. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So, I mean, it's like nothing, but um, yeah, it's cool though. It, after Who's a while, you know. Who's yeah. gonna win this year's Super Bowl? Yeah, I know. So if it goes up, that's great. You know, I think uh, like crypto and Ethereum and Litecoin and all of those are gonna be going up. Uh, I don't know about how much, and maybe they'll level off at some point. But uh, it's definitely people are accepting it now. You see on, on businesses, Bitcoin is accepted sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty it's cool. It, it takes the government out of play and allows the people to uh, manage themselves. And like I said, we're, our, our, our country is really different than it used to be, you know? Yeah, I think you know? anytime you can take government out of it um, is, is a well, good the government, thing. I heard it dissolved. Like the actual, the corporation dissolved, it literally got dissolved. Yeah. So, so America is going under some trials and tribulations right now. But, but I, back to cryptocurrency, I think it's a good investment. It's fun. You can buy a little bit and then see if it works out, you know? Yeah. So I think it's pretty cool, you know? And um, we are kind of at the base floor because some of them are just coming online. So we, you don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's very up and down. Uh, so, yeah. so if you're looking to buy a house tomorrow, don't put all your money in uh, crypto probably, but <laughs> you never know. Well, what, if, what if Doge goes, uh, you're 29 right now. What, you, you buy, let's say $500 with the Doge. And then let's say that it goes up to 50 grand, uh, you know, for each one. And maybe you sold off some of it, but you kept some of it. And all of a sudden, you've got yourself, you know, a couple million dollars from when you bought it really inexpensive because they're all really low in the beginning, you know? And then eventually- the, the hesitation is that it goes to zero, that it goes to like a penny, you know, or like well, a seven tenths money, of a penny. Yeah, when you put your money into it, you got to think of it as gone. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't, don't, don't invest to try to make it. Just, just put it there and, and see what happens. Yeah. You know, consider it like Vegas money. Yeah, if you have a little, if a couple extra thousand dollars, it's a no-brainer. Um, you should definitely do that. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard of people, uh, and don't take my financial advice. We're just talking to have a conversation. But I heard uh, Mr. Money Mustache is a guy I listen to, and he's a guy. He he's got like a nest egg of money, and he's never working again, type of thing. Really? And yeah. I'm like, that's that's a one way to do it. He's not buying, yeah. you know, racing bikes or getting Maseratis. He's living, you know, very frugally, but having fun and enjoying himself. And 
know, raising yeah. his kids and not having to go to work. I'm like, that's great. And he says something like, you shouldn't probably have uh, $10,000, $20,000 in the bank in an emergency fund because that's right. not making you any money. You should probably right. invest that somewhere in mutual funds and stocks, maybe in crypto, like somewhere. Do something with it. Don't just like waste, waste that $20,000 of earning potential. Yeah, it's it, it's when you have money invested, it's always fun. To at least you've got some hope in the, in, you know, yeah. in there. Like maybe it'll hit, but at least I've got you. It makes you feel like you're, you know, you got an opportunity. You know, then if T market, I don't know anything about that. That's like a whole different market. I I, I see people talking about it, but I'm like NFTs, NFTs. It'd be kind of cool to take a superbike photo. You know, my Captain America look and make an NFT NFT out of that. I was I, I was looking into it. It looks like it costs like three hundred dollars to make your own F NFT. Okay. So you just take a photo and then send it in, and they you can kind of get one created. I mean, at least for your own NFT, why not? It's kind so, of entertaining, you know. I don't really know much about NFTs to have a conversation about it, but I think it's fascinating. I feel like the person who's uh, <laughs> I'm a ninety year old grandma who just saw a cell phone. Like NFT, what is NFT? Right. Right. Yeah. So the back to the movie thing. I think we we're talking about the little. The second movie is going to be incredible. Sure. Oh my gosh, Eric! You should see how much film I've got. Stuff I've got. I've got so much film that I made, and this time I knew how to go about it. You know. Yeah. So, so you've been through it once before. You kind of got the uh, yeah. lay of the land and and how everything works, and now you got the uh, full force. Maybe a little bit better footage, better cameras, and uh, know what you're doing more. It's, it's, I've got, you know, I've got eight, I've got five, four or five years of footage filmed and then it's just going to be an incredible story. I mean, it's, it's going to be really amazing. And then it's going to have, the credits are going to be massive. I'm going to have, you know, probably a thousand different pictures in there with all the credits, just the people that I, you know, the people I've met in the past, Justin Bieber. I mean, I've met so many cool people on this path that, you know, and all the super bike racers put, put everybody's photo in there and then thank everybody. And then of course, uh, include a lot of video shots that I put in there. And then the last part that the uh, film is in need of is the love story. Okay. You know? Can that be what, hired? What's that? Can that be a hired place for the movie? Well, it's it's a biofilm, so it's not, it's gotta be real, you know? Yeah. So, you know, if a woman comes around me, they know they're gonna get filmed. That's how my life is right now. I don't share it, I don't put it out there, but I keep it keep it politically alive. I let people know in my political campaign. I, I share the videos with them, but I don't share it on any social media. So that way people see what's going on. But but I but I'm gonna take that footage and then keep filming. So any girl that comes around, I'm gonna film it and then and then uh the editors will put together that movie. And then in that I see a wedding coming together, and that'll be kind of like uh, you know, and then we'll politically evolve, do some other things. So I know that some some women would not want their photo taken. Um, I, I, I'm sure that some women are not do not want to be uh, videographered or video videographed. How do you say that when they're just dating? It's it's one of those things where don't come around me if we're not if you're not going to be okay with being filmed because I'm making a movie. And so as a, as a superbike racer, sometimes you're racing as competition, right? So when you're when you're making a movie. You're going to get some of that flack. Oh, don't film me. Don't film me. But you just keep filming anyway. Yeah. And if they don't want you to film, then okay, fine. It won't film, you know? I mean, you're not going to use it. Face out for that second. You're not footage of someone saying, down, 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 you know? You're not going to use yeah. that footage anyway. Right. But for those people, but I, but I, what I did say is I said, anybody who's in this next movie, 
you know, it, let's say it makes uh, $20 million. That'd be like $166,000 per minute if it's a two hour movie. So I said, if you're in the movie for a minute, you will get a check for $166,000. That'd be pretty so cool. So I promise anybody who's in the movie, they will get a direct proportion based on, and that's based on me owning hundred percent of it. Sure. If, if I end up finding a producer that wants, uh, you know, they want 49% of the profits, then, then I say, okay, the producer gets that. Is that, so they would get that money and then I would get 51% to distribute out. So whatever part I have available to give out to everybody, you know, whether it's in pictures or video, you know, I'll, I'll, I, I'm looking forward to paying those checks out. Sure, yeah, it'd, it'd be a cool thing to uh, help out your friends with, for sure. I mean, I've got Cameron Bobby and all my racers, all my racers for my, you know, my racer family in so much footage. I can't wait to send checks to these guys, you know? <laughs> Heck yeah. Cool. Um, there you go. Yeah, I lost. pretty cool thing, for sure. Um, yeah. I can't wait to see it, man. Do you have any sort of release date or still, you're still working on uh, all the editing at this point? I know it's going to be five star and I know the movie's going to be named Believe. And Believe. I know the, the title cover is going to be a yacht. I mean, the Hilton's Bill Gates, Melinda Gates, Larry Ellison, all these people are part of our campaign. So, and they've all, they've all got yachts, you know, even Jordan's got a yacht, but you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I see these, I see, a, I get a vision of this massive yacht that I'm on, you know, I'm yeah. like, well, I don't own a yacht. So that means something in the future. Like I said, that puzzle piece, like a puzzle comes through. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You'd like to have a yacht. What kind of yacht now? Do you have any footage in mind? You know, I just want friends with, you know, Tiger Woods has got a yacht. Yeah. And so, you know, who, who knows? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, Bill Gates has got a yacht and he's, he's friends with Jeff Bezos. Who's got a yacht. And, you know, Larry Olson's got a yacht that he, you know, I've seen it around uh, Malibu. I don't know. I mean, someone's going to have a yacht that eventually, you know, people with yachts need friends. For you sure. Know? Yeah. Um, you know, I've, have, I've heard of, uh, there was one yacht that had a full crew quarters that they lived on there full time so that, and that you could be on the boat anytime you wanted. You just, you know, fly into this place and go on your yacht and uh, there's already crew, it's already running, it's already stocked with food all the time. Uh, so they right. must throw out food all the time because you're not there most of the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty interesting uh, how that works, isn't it? <laughs> it's just they're there full time for you. <laughs> I know, I know. That's it's, crazy, Marty. Yeah, yeah, I've been on a yacht, my friend TJ, after the Daytona 200 in March, we went on a yacht in Florida, we caught lobster, I caught a lobster for the first time. I dove down and caught one, you know, and I ate it. Named it Freddy, poor little Freddy. Uh, I ate lobster, and then uh, we got like fourteen lobsters, fourteen or fifteen lobsters a day. And then we we just had so much fun, you know, on this on this yacht. We had dinner on it. It, it was incredible. Jet skis. I mean, we had a, we had a blast after that. This was after you know racing the Daytona 200. We went and partied for two weeks straight. Yeah, That's Daytona so Beach. It's a beautiful place to be. I was just down there uh, uh, last week uh, for Arma. Arma yeah. Vintage Nationals, they had, uh, it was like MotoFest, oh, it was road racing, all the different classes. Um, oh, cool. And then they had uh, the flat track as well, so I, I worked both events as a track marshal, uh, race official, corner worker, you know, waving the nice. flags, and uh, um, that's a lot of fun. With all the, a lot of the staff, you know? Yeah, it's pretty cool to be down there and see all the faces yeah. that were down there in October. I was down there a couple months ago. So uh, yeah. one of my new jobs is I'm a track marshal. So last year I did eight events. This year I'm looking at doing uh, like 39 events. Um, so quite no a few. Moto America events? 
Yeah, so Moto America, I'm going to try to do IMSA, and uh, I got accepted for Formula One Miami, so I'll be doing that event. Um, hopefully, I'll be doing some Wera and CCS, uh, ARMA, yeah. uh, track days, and... Uh, I've done it pretty cool, because you get real close up, right, where they're, you know... You get, like, yeah. sometimes it's too close to the racetrack for my comfort, um, right. because they're going pitch pitch 100 miles an hour, four feet away from me. Um, yeah. But as long as like every single time I've been there, there been there's some sort of barrier you're standing behind, like a tire. And yeah, you have to get a lot. Yeah, I mean you you have safety, but if if something goes really wrong, you could you better duck kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping to race in Moto America for Superbike still. Yeah, I I'm hope to be there ride. for uh, Daytona again in March for the two. Yeah, I haven't got it right. I'm hoping I'm I'm if I'm I'm just waiting if somebody calls or says yes. Then I'll, I'll go to Daytona and race again, you know? So what does I've it take for you to, to get down there? What was it take? Like, uh, you need a couple of thousand dollars? Do you need a bike? About 10 grand. About and 10 grand. tires and entry fees? Bike, tires, everything. And then, and then, yeah, 10 grand to do it correctly, you know? Is that renting a bike? Renting someone else's bike? Renting it. Or you can, or you can, I, or I can call Chuck Graves and buy one. You know, I could buy a bike from Chuck Graves for probably... You know, fifty to sixty, seventy grand for a superbike, thousand, and then about thirty-five, forty grand for a six hundred. So Chuck Graves, he he puts incredible bikes together. And there's also, you know, David Anthony knows how to build bikes. So it just depends on who you get a motorcycle from to race, you know. And have you been on the new spec six hundred yet? They just changed the rules this year, so it's going to be wide open. I have not. I they they've got the uh, Ducati now. That's a whole different bike now that you can race. And, and they're putting some restrictions on it, I think. But the 600, I heard the bike right now is the, the Kawasaki is pretty good. Of course, the Yamaha. Yeah. Yeah. That's mean, my bike, if, if I were to buy a bike right now, I'd buy, I'd buy two 22, uh, 2022 636 Kawasaki's and strip them down yeah. and put all kinds of race parts on them. Yeah, it, it is a good bike. I, it was, yeah. I mean, that's what Kyle Wyndham won in 2019. Yep. And then he crashed in 2021. I remember he crashed. And then, uh, yeah, and then I, I forget which bike it was. It, I think a Yamaha won, didn't it, in 2021? I think it was a Sean Dylan Kelly or a Yamaha. No, Sean took second. He was second. He was so close. He was fighting with somebody. Um, I was I, him on. He, he was like a fraction. I mean, go, go, Sean. It was like, you know. Danny Eslix won it like five times, right? He, he's won it like four or five times, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. Uh, Corey West is always up there, and uh, yeah, Jason Corey Farrell, West. and a uh, guy from my hometown, Carl Soltis. He's usually like top ten guy now. Yeah, and then uh, that you know Michael Barnes won it. Michael Barnes and Jake Lewis yeah. did it for him for a while. Yeah, and uh, uh, maybe Joe Roberts. I don't know if that's right. Like ben Ben Bostrom come back and race in it. <laughs> Heck he yeah. Can, He's he's good. Yeah, Ben's cool. I like Ben. He, he would, it would be great to see him get a. I think that guy could still win superbike races. And 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 another person if you get on a bike is Ben Spees. Yeah, ben for Spies, sure. Ben Spees is kind of a chicken. <laughs> well, he's got some uh, shoulder injuries, right? Yeah, but he yeah, but he's he said he was racing his, his dirt bike as fast as he ever has. <laughs> and so I'm like, dude, let's go superbike racing, patriotic. Come on. And he, and, he, and, he, and I'm like, I'm like, that's probably why we met. He gave me endorsement, all the stuff with the flag. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm 38. And I made it. You're like 35 now. 
So now I'm, I'm here to get you going now. I said, do it in front of your kids. That way they can see you. It'd be so exciting, you know? And the cutoff is 55 years old. So you got plenty of time. Yeah, I've got like a year, what, a year and a half left. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No, what's that? No pressure. I know. Yeah. But I, you know, ideally I wanted Ben Spies. And now I, I'm like, what about Cameron Bobier? You know, Josh Heron. I, I want a, a teammate who could win races. You know, the goal was to try to win the trophy, bring it to the, bring it to the flagship, you know, and then uh, win, get Michael Jordan to, uh, you know, he never got a superbike championship. Yeah. Well, so, I'm sure like uh, risky Richie Escalante is looking to move up in the superbike class, I bet. Or like an Andrew Lee, he's a, you know, a top level guy racing a world superbike. I want to get that I'm friends with like Ben Spees would be like a big time comeback. Oh yeah, for sure. He got take. I mean, he that guy is phenomenal at racing. It'd be fun to see him get charged up inside. But but he tells me, he goes Johnny, do you know what it takes to race at that level? And I'm like, I'd like to think I do, but I'm not you, so I've never yeah. won a super race. And he goes, he goes that that what it takes is is overwhelming. And he goes, I need to be paid for that. And I go, okay. So let me get you some money. And, and but nobody was stepping up with money, you know. I think I've got, you know, I'm sure I'll have two, three hundred million coming in in the future in the campaign, but I'm still waiting for those dollars to hit, you know. But as soon as those dollars hit, you know, another person is Cameron Bobier. You know, Cameron Bobier may be racing Europe, but I'm like, well, what are they paying you? How about we join up? You know, I've got this guy Mark Denzen who I'm campaigning with. Mark Denzen is a billionaire, yeah, I'm close to it. And I'm like, you know, what about you, Mark Denzen? I'm like, uh, you know. Who, who wants to pitch in and get this thing going? And then I've got Eric Crown that I'm campaigning with. He's, you know, Rand Paul's up for election for 2022. So I'm, I'm aligned with Rand, with, uh, with, with Rand Paul, trying to help him out, do whatever I can. Eric Crown introduced me to him uh, years ago in 2016, along with Ro Roby Hutchison. So we've been working, working together on that. And so, so I'm thinking Eric Crown, uh, you know, Mark Denson, let's get something going here. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm surrounded by billionaires, but I'm like, which one is going to do something? You just got to you know? tap them the right way. You're like, um, I don't know. Sometimes you make a, a friend with the right person. It can all work out. But, you know, I'm looking to get back into racing myself. You know, I got 50 yeah. podiums and five championships. You're kidding. Between you motorcycle, motorcycle racing in Wera and, uh, yeah. and um, karting and mountain bike racing. And so How do you I, like karting? I love it. I got a um, a big spot in my heart for for go karting, and um, I got a, yeah. a race simulator in my living room, so I get to practice quite often. And uh, oh you know, I got my pro license in 2015 from Moto America, but I just financially was never able to use it. So I'm trying yeah. to build this business selling race parts online and podcasts yeah. to help help uh, promote it and get the yeah. word out there. So that I can yeah, talk to interesting people and maybe, you know, find some money out there for me to get back into racing myself. Yeah, it's tough to find. It's tough to find somebody to, uh, you know, it's just it's difficult to find somebody to sponsor you. But but you can do it. You just they, they have to have a reason why, you know. Sure. Yeah. And I yep. had 20 sponsors and it was very helpful. But, you know, most of the sponsors give you free parts and discounts and they're not really writing checks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah you know you, you gotta have some type of connection a reason why you know i don't know people people uh they accumulate a lot of money and then everybody's got a plan to give away their money before they die <laughs> yeah so but you know you just don't know what's what's going on you know it's, it's like sometimes i see so many people so many wealthy people they just keep on wanting to collect money you know and, and, do and with it all <laughs> have them like i'm like 
you shouldn't have $200 billion. <laughs> you should only have, you know, this much because you just don't need that much. Do you, you think know? there should be some sort of wealth limit or like tax above $100 billion or some whatever number? You know, no one can tell Bill Gates, hey, you shouldn't have $180 million or $100 billion. However, I know that these people are big philanthropists and, and they give in secret often. You know, they, they, you know, at that type of, well, I'm sure they give a lot of private donations that they don't tell anybody about. These people, uh, you know, they're, they're movers and shakers. I'm sure Jeff Bezos gives a lot. I'm sure Elon Musk gives a lot. You know, these guys are uh, extreme wealthy. You know, it's, it's, you know, when I met Bill Gates, I got shown a gigantic roll of toilet paper. <laughs> and then like, that's what money, you know, means to him because it, it doesn't have any value, you know? <laughs> yeah, it just but, all goes... And, but then there, you know, these people are looking for alliances and friendships too, you know, like anybody else. And so you want somebody to like you for not just your money, you know. So somebody who's got a lot of money, they've got a perspective on things, you know. And uh, like Snoop Dogg says, he's got all these friends. He's got thousands of friends, but Snoop Dogg says he's only got eleven friends that are his real true friends. And those friends that come over, they help clean up the house, you know. They they help make dinner. They're, they're like friends. They they help around the house. They they do things, you know. They don't just come over to to hang out with Snoop Dogg, you know. Not for so, sure. Yeah, so so, you know, you get friends for different reasons. Like, uh, I don't know, you know, I've, how many friends do you have that you think that are really good quality friends in your circle? Like, would you say tight? Like maybe five to ten. Really, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's kind of different in racing, right? Because all your friends are spread out throughout the country, so they might not live next door to you, but they might be a really good friend. Yeah, yeah. Right, you, know, some, you can call this person or like or text them, and they're always like they'll pretty much answer you and and like have a genuine like care about how your how your life is going. Yeah, you know we, we can only care about people so much. You know, I I, I still like I still like my ex wife. She's a nice girl. You know, I can't wait to see her again up the road. I haven't seen her in like eleven years. This girl Ladina. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen my. Uh, you know we had we had a daughter together she's three year, she was three years old last time i saw her she's almost 16 now oh wow yeah and forward to seeing that so that'll be good video footage you know of that but i you know broken relationships didn't work in the past but i still look forward to you know saying hi to these people again in the future you know i think everybody yeah. has that everybody has those those people who they wish were still in their life or whether they died or they're not it broke up or you know whatever yeah, the situation yeah. has moved away um uh, life is hard sometimes, but um, I think yeah, it's sure. Yeah. Are you close to your parents? Yeah, my parents are still together. They're about uh, 45 minutes uh, southwest of me. So we live in the state, same state, um, but I'm looking to move out of this state so I can be yeah. somewhere warm uh, and screw this 12-degree uh, weather in Michigan. Where, you're from Michigan? Yeah, I live in Michigan. I've always been in uh, the metro Detroit area. Ah, right, right. Have you been out to the big lakes? Oh yeah, we always go out to the Great Lakes, and um, my aunt Fishing. lives on the lake, so we always do kayaking and uh, water sports and snow sports in the winter. Um, right. Snowboarding, wakeboarding. You know, uh, I always um, snowboarded. I haven't skied yet, but uh, I got a black patch for going switch. You know, both ways. I uh, used to go like every Friday for for a long time, but. Uh, yeah. Racing's taken over, and I sold my snowboard and boots and bindings and all that stuff. I sell everything on eBay. Um, oh, do you? Yeah. You know, I, with uh, you know Amazon, there's good money to be made there. 
Yep, I sell on Amazon, eBay are my biggest two, and then my website's kind of third because you know everybody goes to the the big two. But um, I heard you just get you connect with like three or four or five products that you find that are at a really good price, and you compete with other products that are on there. But then you get yours in there, and then you can you know you can really create some big revenue. Yeah, so I actually have 34 brands of motorsport products in addition to yeah. my own things that I sell. So I sell like Driven Racing, M4 Exhaust, Akasado, Akrapovic, uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, Revit, all kinds of brands. Do they sell that on Amazon? A lot of them, yeah. Some of them, Amazon is really restrictive uh, to what yeah. you can list. So if it's not already on there, it's like a pain in the butt. So eBay is my first like go-to. Toiletries or something where you can uh, sell on Amazon that'll like you know like a widget, some type of widget that you can. I'm sure you could. There's probably some hacks. Um, well, since you already since you already know the mind game and the process of it, you know, like you could probably just doesn't matter what you sell. It's just a different product to you. Exactly. Now I have you know over ten thousand unique products, so it's just it's a, a line in Excel now. You know, and just you just yeah. upload products in Excel all day, and you're probably end up being a multimillionaire based on the way you're talking. You know, I hope so. It just seems like it takes forever but because I have access to all these products, but my problem is it's taking too long to upload them all. So uh, there's a lot of products that I have access to that aren't online for sale. Hey, here's, can I give you some advice? I love it. Okay. Here's what you do. Forget, get, find yourself, you know, three to five products. Get rid of the 35. Get, get, get down to three to five products and then figure out which ones sell the best. And then rather than specialize in motorcycle industry, take that same, you already know how to buy and sell, find, find the connection where they make that product that is not being distributed big yet, but it's a great product that's out in the market already. And then just go and say, okay, you can buy this one or you can buy this one or this one, or this one. And then, and then, and then you'll give people uh, a selection and then one of your products they'll buy, you know, like, yeah. the, like the pins, you know, you can, you can, you can say, okay, which pin do you want? You know, right. And so you come out with the product like that, put it, put it on Amazon, and then, uh, and then, because you, you don't really care, you're not emotionally attached to the product. You're just emotionally attached to the difference between buying and selling it. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to stay in motorsports, but if it's making money, I don't care what industry it is. Yeah, here, sell, sell pipes and make uh, ten thousand a year from that, or you can sell a toilet paper dispenser and make uh, thirty grand a month. I wish, I wish it was that easy. Well, in other words, you hear these stories about how they've got just a simple product yeah. that they found and it sells for 30 bucks, but they're buying it for 10 and they're, you know, Amazon takes their cut, you take your cut and they're left with $10 a unit, you know, profit. Yeah. So or, uh, what was it? Uh, Elon Musk selling those flamethrowers. He sold like 20,000 flamethrowers for like $500 a piece. And that's like a lot of money right there. <laughs> and so, but, but see, you're already, I think you're already doing the, I think you've already got the structure you just need to change the product and then get it into a uh, get into the funnel that that has the massive funnel. That's Amazon, you know. Right. I just haven't then, found that correct that uh, right product yet. So I'm just uh, throwing it all I up on the wall, see what sticks. Easy, Eric. I think that you've already got the mindset. I think that you'll absolutely 100% do it easy. Just go find that product. Go look in the Amazon catalog and then see what they're selling in there. And then, you know, it's all computerized. You can you can find the connections. You know, yeah. where they sell, how much they can put your own name on it, your own label. And then before you know it, you set up their relationship with Amazon by filling out the forms and then they'll let you in, you know? So you're talking about like private labeling or creating your own manufactured product? I would just, I would just find anything that sells and then go find a manufacturer that makes it 
and then form the relationship with them and then be a supplier and, and then offer a good quality product that's competitive with the products that are already out there. You know, I gotcha. they're, yeah. they're going to have uh, tape recorders. You can buy, you know, 10 different tape recorders out there. You know, you just find a tape recorder that's got a good product that's already out there. I mean, you know, salt, salt and pepper shakers, automatic, you know, where you press the button, you know, anything. Yeah, yeah I've thought about doing some private labeling. Um, it's kind it's of a supplied. good idea. Get your name on it and etched it and all that stuff and, you know, branded the way you want it. Uh, I was. I wanted to mention your your suit. That looks like a probably a custom suit you got on. The stars it is. and stripes, red, white, blue. Made this for me, and I've never crashed on this suit. And uh, this is the one that Lindsay Lezeter modeled in. And I've raced this now in three races, three or four, three or four races now. So it's got good history. She looks better in it than I do, you know. Yeah. But but she's. Uh, I'll for you to picture, like I said. <laughs> and then, but, but it's got it's got a really nice. I mean, I, I love the suit. It's great, you know. Are you an yeah. uh, an elbow slider or elbow dragger, or are you a just knee guy, knee down guy? Hit elbow, hit my elbow before. I hit it at at Birmingham, Alabama. It was the first time I leaned over front enough to hit my elbow. At Barber, turn on the straightaway. That's where I caught my elbow. Ben Spees was doing it there all the time. <laughs> Mr. So elbows, right? Yeah, that's right. And so everybody's try to figure out how to do it so everybody lean over and try to stick their elbow up like he was doing you know just to catch it i, I caught it before so. so i was there when michael jordan uh touched his knee for the first time ever oh yeah that's pretty cool that's uh it's this, always uh, a good day this, in the motorcycle world yeah this is crazy we were we were over there in uh in chicago we had golfed and then uh and then i was headed to the track i invited him over for barbecue he, he couldn't make it he was visiting his mom but then we went and uh and he he showed up uh, to the Chicago Autobahn, and we went out. He crashed two times that day, but yeah. he sat next to me. We were we were in an RV or sitting there, and then he sits next to me. And I looked at his knee, and it was scuffed. And I go, "Dude, did you scratch your knee?" He goes, "He goes, yes, I did. I thought I did." He was so excited. <laughs> I mean, literally, you know, you know, it's like the first time you touch your knee. Oh, so that's I great. Yeah, yeah. I took a picture of the knee puck, and then Jason Pridmore got a picture of Jordan Subar Grayson, and then. Valentina Rossi, me, Nikki Hayden, a whole bunch of us uh, back then, uh, we autographed the picture with his knee puck and him leaning over in the corner. And Jason Pringler helped me put that together and I gave it to Jordan. He was really, really happy about that. At uh, Autobahn Country yeah. Club. It was at, yeah, it was at Autobahn. Yeah, that's it. Was it uh, North, North Chicago. Course, South Course, or the Full Course? I don't remember. That's too much. Yeah. <laughs> I just know that Jordan pulls up in his brand new Ferrari and everybody's like, what, where'd you get that? Never even seen that kind of Ferrari yet. Yeah. He was That's a place out. to take it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, well, I mean, he didn't do anything, but just show up in it. He, ra he, he raced that day. So it was pretty cool. I was excited watching him race fight. He's pretty good too. I bet. You know, he got some money to spend on cars. That's the place to do it. No, he's good because he's an athlete and he's aggressive. Oh, he's for sure. A, yeah. He's, he's good at riding motorcycles. Yeah. Like I, I, would, I bet. You take him to Daytona, I mean, he won't do any more, but if you took him to Daytona back then and raced, I'll bet you he'd win as an amateur, you know? Yeah. I mean, he was getting over pretty good, so I was pretty impressed. Heck yeah. But, let's see. Uh, so what's uh, what's coming on uh, this year? What's uh, next coming months? You're going to be doing some more racing, maybe Daytona, maybe some, some rounds here and there. Eric, I'm open to racing up till when I, I always said I'll die racing or I can't qualify anymore, whichever one comes first. And then you could just do amateur stuff. You didn't have to do the pro. You could still race at a high level with uh, Wera or CCS. 
you know, I, I think the only interest I have is, is at the pro level, you know, like the top superbike level, you know, once you've done that, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I guess you go, you, I'd go out there for fun if I wasn't doing it, you know, with intent for any reason. However, however, racing is one of those things where I've always attached to something, you know, I raced because I attached it politically. I raced because I was carrying our flag, you know, all, all that stuff. Remember Nikki Hayden, right? Oh yeah. He was carrying the flag in MotoGP. I started carrying the flag and then he passed away May 22nd in 2016 or 17, I think, or 18, I think. And when, when, when he passed that poured on me, like all that, you know? So, so it's kind of amazing how that works. And so I always like to race for, for a purpose, you know? for a reason yeah. you know i was that nerd going out there i'm not putting my sponsor i'm putting you know i'm writing scripture and i'm saying i'm doing it for this reason and that reason and that reason you know <laughs> see i just like to race um i like that i have that i'm from america but whatever country i raced or i was born in i probably carry that flag you know either way um yeah, yeah. but i just i just love the the race craft the you're trying to be your competitors but also you're just trying to be yourself because if you really just, if you try to beat the next guy and he's way faster than you, you're probably going to crash. So you yeah, just yeah. can't worry about him, even though he's like, he's pulling away. I can't catch yeah. him. That's it's okay over. today. You're going to finish the race and you'll be better tomorrow. But if you crash out today, you won't get to race tomorrow. Yeah. And it's fun having your friends around you, you know, in 2020, in 2021, my friend Jim Sears, which is my roommate, and then um, TJ Bauer and then Joe Sears, all my, all my friends flew in to help me, help me. They had to learn how to put fuel in. We had an incredible pit stop. Yeah. You would have think we've done it for 10 years, how good we were. I couldn't believe how fast they were in the pit stop. They, they messed up during practice constantly, you know? And then when it finally counted during the race, they hit it perfect. Now, are you using like quick change axles and dump cans or just like standard, uh, standard Past stuff? Up. Yeah, doing everything, you know, using the best of this, best stuff. Yeah, that's and, what they do use it which is really funny <laughs> so it works out good i was really uh excited i mean and we filmed it too and then okay. uh tj bought two cameras two high-end gopros and attached them by superbike too yeah so we've got race on board and it will be great for the movie so you throw pga golf in there you throw all the times i met john rub brace bryson rich all the girls the love story Jordan, Tiger. I mean, you throw it all in there, hilarious. And you, you just throw all these things, Cindy Crawford, just you name it, bring it all then, in there. Uh, you know, it reminds me of that Drive to Survive series on Netflix, a Formula One series. Yeah. Um, that it seems like it brought a, a new resurgence to the sport of motor, motor racing, not necessarily motorcycles, but, you know, motorsport, Formula One. And uh, I think that's anything that can uh, be promoting the sport is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this movie, Eric, is not going to be, it'll probably have, you know, I've got the video where I met Valentino Rossi, you know, and he gave me an endorsement, signed a poster right there. I'm like, Johnny Ruff, British president. And he signed it right there in front of everybody. He's like, yeah, you know, I've got all that video footage, meet Mark Marquez. That stuff will mean something to us a lot, but, but that's just one genre, you know? You know, I, I met Machine Gun Kelly, I met Tara Reid, I met, you know, all these, you know, Tega, who's a who's a rapper, you know, uh, yeah. and the, all, all the all the paparazzis, they're the best ones to meet because they're the ones that are connected to the whole branch. Right. So this Adriano Camalesi, I was working doing filming all these things. Bella Thorne, I was I was hanging out with all these different people filming, right? And so uh, 
and all this time while I was filming, even Will Ferrell, I got, I, I, it's just long. It's, the list is so long, it's going to be incredible. So once we get this movie together, it's just going to have racing in it. It's going to have Rossi, Marquez. It'll have Cambobier, all the people on, you know, Josh, and all these people who are in the race video that filmed. But then that's only going to be like two, three, four minutes of the movie. Then it's going to be also the Hollywood scene, you know. And then Paris and I, when we were campaigning, you know, uh, if we can get the footage where I handed her off one of the flags during while she was in a limo, I handed the flag handoff, you know. Um, film in Paris, just different things that we've helped. When I'm partying with Paris, we're, we're, we're partying together, you know, while she's DJing all this stuff. Uh, she's got her wedding footage, I'm sure, that she could throw in there. I've got all of my future wedding footage. And we'll put this incredible, incredible story together about two political teammates and how we put this thing together, you know. And then, and then, and I'm saying, I can't speak for her, but I'm just saying, you know, I can put in my part, see what happens. And I don't know how, the, that's what I said, the last, the last part of it, I don't know how it's going to come together, you know. I've just got to be open to any possibilities. And, and keep the cameras on. But I already do have a ton of footage, you know? And this is part of America's culture, America's history. So we put it together and then we make that movie and then we present the movie, you know? And then and then it's out there. And it's not just about me. You know, I met Gerard Butler in the process. I'm like, like Gerard Butler's single. I'm like, do you have a girlfriend? No, I'm like, I'm like, you get together with some of your friends, R.G. Baker, he lost his wife recently. I'm like, he wants to get married. I'm like, I'm like, okay, so let's let's get different weddings going. Let's get different things going. And let's put this, let's put this movie together, you know? And, yeah, and, uh, so are you, do you plan on releasing it like, uh, like in theaters or online, Netflix, Amazon, or like, how does that work? I, it, I see it in theaters as long as theaters are still popular, you know? Right. You don't know if they're going to be coming back, right? They might be going away. Yeah. With the COVID thing, a lot less people are going to the theaters, you know? I haven't you know? been in a couple of years. Yeah. You see movies getting released on, and technology is so good now, you know, on our phones. So I, I think that the, I, I believe that the movie will do you know, I, I see it as five stars. I see it's going to be great. You know, I want to go, uh, you know, interview and hang out with Bill Gates for a day, Larry Ellison, some of these great people who've, who've, who've been a, a strong presence in the campaign, you know, just by meeting them and sharing the stories, you know, and I want to, and I want to do these things and maybe go fishing on a boat with Jordan. He's got a boat now and, and, you know, Tiger Woods, I'd love to hang out with him again, you know, like I just figure, you know, I've got these incredible women that I've been campaigning with for, you know, a big, a big group of women. I'm like, I can only marry one. There's got to be other single men, friends of mine who, who might want of these incredible women that I've been working with, you know? And so, so, you know, I don't know how it's going to come together. I just know that I'm going to be filming it and, and, and celebrating in all sorts of people's, uh, you know, victories, personal victories, you know, we achieve so if people wanted to support you, how could they go about doing that? Um, well, it's a little different when you've got a crown, you don't have to worry about it. You know, my, I keep my, okay. And I'm not going to get religious baptized. I said, Jesus is Lord. Right. And you know, that's God's one only son. So Christ is the most powerful name out there. So I said, Jesus, Lord, I got the Holy spirit, which is eternal life. You get planted in you. And then you, you care for your, 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 uh, you take care of your temple, you know? So that's my path. I take care out of my temple. I don't, sleep around women and then I put together you know a, a marriage not the way I did when I was 20 I put one together with the mindset and knowledge of Christ that I understand now moving forward you know so so I do my best to put together something that's proper and 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 always thinking presidential and I have to and like the, a crown you have to I have to care for the crown you know the crown I'm talking about is a spiritual crown but I have to Harry Potter I have to care I have to care for it and so I, I don't want to destroy the crown. So if I so if I marry this girl in a really holy proper way, you know, stay away from fourth base, basically, 
then 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 she would get her crown you know through the marriage to me so i've got to do wait my what's, what's fourth base i don't know what fourth base is fourth base home run that's where you haven't said oh, that's the home plate it's a home plate yeah <laughs> yeah but I, I but going back to like bridgerton you know like the way they date in, in these in these societies you try to do things proper not not when you did when you were younger when you you know once you start learning and i'm not putting this on you i know the stuff you don't know the stuff I've read this stuff. I've made my commitments to my baptism. Like I've got to do this the way I know how to, you know, and I, you know, I've got to be pro. So as a pro suit bike racer, making movies as a pro pro when it comes to God, okay, I want to, I want to keep my relationship strong. So I've always got to keep thinking, you know, here I'm racing here. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of, I got to do things godly in a, in a proper way. And here I just want to have fun and party with my friends. So I want to pull up the disco ball and dance and have a good time. But when I meet this, when I meet this girl's brothers or, or, or family, her family members, I've got to, you know, what if she's got a daughter? What if she's got kids? What if, I've, I've got to meet her surroundings. So therefore, I've got to put things together in a way that is that is heavenly standards based on the way I understand it, you know? For sure. So for your yeah. political campaign and all that, if people wanted to support your campaign, how would they uh, go about supporting your campaign? Just say, I yeah. wish you the best, you know? Or what, uh, I, here's how... I get, I get visions of people, they're automatically placed into my campaign, and then I share with them, and then if I shake hands with somebody, they get placed in my campaign. If I get photographed with them, so, so you know, the campaign gets assembled. It, it, like, I didn't meet 45 million people. You know, their alliances through different people you've met, you know? And so, so like, you could meet a celebrity, or they get placed in your campaign, and then they may get they may have a thousand to fifteen hundred to two thousand people attached to them, you know. And so, therefore, if they're putting your campaign, then then you you may get that those people attached. And 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 like I can plant and water it, but God's the one that decides what grows. So when I get my numbers in, I'm like, okay, I just got told these are the new numbers. So I share them with people and I said, this is where we're at, you know. So it's uh, the best way I can say it's very Harry Potter, you know. But but I do all the work. I mean, I've got geez got over 100,000 worth of uh, photos and I've, and I've been campaigning for 11 years. It was just, I started off with being a poster at Daytona, you know, when I felt inspired to do this, you know, I was like, okay, Johnny Rock, you know, I was like, you know, and, and, but I've, I've watched it and I, and I would never expect anybody to understand it because I've been there since the very beginning of it, you know, and work, yeah. but, but everybody's got their own life and, and you understand most of your life, you understand it, you know? And so I don't expect anybody to understand it, but, you know, but uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> For sure. And uh, do you have any interest in like uh, sports cars or like car racing or is it all two wheels? Yeah, I would like, you know, I had a, I've had a Ferrari. I've had my favorite car that I've ever had was a, was a 911 PDK twin turbo S Cabriolet. It was cherry red. <laughs> I traded that for a diamond. It was, it was, an, that is my favorite car. So I, I would like to get a 2011 that's the first thing they came up PDK. And, you know, and if I had a significant amount of money, I'd probably, I don't know. I think I'd be happy with just a simple uh, Porsche, you know, like a, like an older one. Would that be a street car or a track track uh, toy? Street car, but you can take that Porsche out of the track anytime. Yeah. You know, it's great. Right, but right the, new, go. the new Porsches are, it's kind of like getting a, you know, a 2000, seven yamaha r1 or a 2022 yeah the 22 is going to be nicer 
but the 2010 is still incredible. Yeah. You know, it's For still sure, incredible. Yeah. Motorcycle. Just about levels. How how fast or how new do you need it to be? You know, I'm actually in the market right now for a motorcycle. Um, I haven't had a street bike in years, um, and I plan on um, working at a motorcycle safety foundation MSF courses for new beginner riders and like street yeah. to get uh, people licensed to riding. And uh, on there it says you need to be you need to have a motorcycle. So well, I need a new bike again. So I'm looking at. Do you like, want to get? Do you want to get like a street bike, dirt bike, or do you want to get like all street? So I'm not sure if I want supermoto because my buddy's like yelling at me, you need supermoto, but I need street legal. Um, so it has to be insured and all that. That's, um, you know, the 250 RW, the 250, the 250, that's an amazing bike. Um, I've got one. They're, they're so much fun. Four or what five brand? brand. What's that? What brand? It's a, it's a Yamaha. Yamaha, w 250 RW. It's so fun, Eric. It's incredible. Yeah. Like it's street or dirt, automatic start. And you throw some saddlebags on it. I mean, I, I, my truck sits in the driveway and my, my motorcycle, I drive all the time. Yeah. I've been looking at um, something in the two to $3,000 range, a couple years yeah. old. Um, yeah. And the 2018 Yamaha, for, um, sorry, Cowie 400 is the first generation of the 400. So it's like the new right. generation. Um, yeah. The old one was a 300. It probably would still be fine at a 300. Uh, years yeah. ago in 2008, I had a 250. So I'm just kind of looking in the, you know, two to three, maybe up, upwards of 4,000 range, but I don't really want to spend a lot of money right now. Um, just some grocery getters. You can always like, buy it to sell it for more. Yeah, exactly. So when you so, buy it, know what you can sell it for before you buy it. Right. And that, you know, you can get yourself any bike you want. So if you want a brand new bike, you don't have to pay for it. Just pay for the initial investment and then keep buying it. Everything you have should be for sale. <laughs> there you go. Sell it. And then work your way up to the, but you have to know what it will sell for before you buy it. For sure. And, uh, you know, I have yeah. access to all these parts so I can do all the upgrades at cost. Yeah. People don't really, you can't resell the upgrades. So that's the problem. Well, I mean, yeah, some, some things make it better, but for sure, you can't put $400 into a rear set and expect $400 in price exactly. to go up. Yeah. So I would, sounds like you can get any bike you want. It sounds like you got the business savvy. All you got to do is decide to buy and sell. If you, sure. buy and sell, if you buy and sold 10 bikes, you probably have yourself a $20,000 motorcycle. I think you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, so if you want a brand new R1, what would, would you like a Ducati or an R1 ultimately? If ultimately, right now, I would want a, uh, a 2022 Kawasaki 600, which is basically our 636, which is $1,000. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I would challenge you. Take what money you have, go buy, the, go buy what you can, but know what you can sell it for before you buy it. And then see how many, don't, don't touch the money. Whatever you make more with it, don't touch the profit, put it back into more inventory. And, and, but you have to, you're, the, you're your boss in this. So you can fire yourself or keep yourself employed. Yeah. Buy and sell and, and don't touch it. Don't touch that and see how many times it takes you to get up to where you've got your Kawasaki. For sure. But you know, the funny thing is like, I have the cash right now in my bank ready to go. It's just like, I don't want to spend it, but I, you know? Yeah. Well, if, as long as you just keep your money working for you, you know, right. If you're buying something with it, you know, like I saw, I saw this old, it was a 350 Kawasaki or yeah, it was a 350. One of these ones, you know, the, I think it's, what are they? 300 or 350s. I forget. Somebody put one in there and it was scratched. They put it in there for like $600. The bike's worth like three grand. Yeah. I was getting, a new fairing you know right six hundred dollars on a fairing and you're set 
Yeah. Or someone says, well, it's not running. It's sitting in the garage. You know, you got lazy people buying stuff that just sits there and, you know, there's always, there's always somebody willing to sell something for lower. There's always somebody willing to buy that same product for higher. Oh yeah. And if you just put a little bit of tinkering into it, fix it back up a little bit, uh, clean out the carbs, whatever needs to be done, yeah. you know, that could be pretty profitable too. Just the most important thing is, yeah. The most important thing, Eric, in my opinion is attach a dream or goal to it. Yeah. You know, like attach you have that big star that you're looking forward to, it keeps it yeah. uh, easier to work through the hard parts. Exactly. Attach it, attach a goal or dream to that thing. And that way it'll really, you know, have a chance to make it, you know? Heck yeah, man. And I'm surprised, you know, from doing all these podcasts, how much I'm learning from people. I just, I didn't consider that when I started, but, uh, but for just yeah. from talking to people, I feel like I'm getting smarter. Ah, that's good. Talking to people and getting smarter. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> well, I mean, like before, I just wanted to uh, help promote people and network, but like I'm talking to oh. different people and like, oh, maybe I could get back into racing sooner. It's like, oh, maybe I should be a racing coach. It's like, oh, I guess I am an expert. <laughs> you know, Larry Pegger was really good at getting sponsors. Yeah. You know, he always had sponsors, you know. I should talk he, to that guy. Yeah, he, he you know, he, he always had a few sponsors that he always got. So, so, you know, Montez Stewart had Jordan, you know, he built the first uh, superbike team. Jordan gave me an $800,000 check to go do that. Yeah. So, you know, there's different, there's different ways to do it, but the, the definite ways to just go buy and sell products and make money yourself, you know? Yeah. Cause I you see know? so many, my, my risk or my fear is uh, there's so many pros out there. You look at uh, past pros who have been super bike riders for many years who uh, sponsor dips out and then they're out of this, the racing season or they're out of their career because they yeah. can't find another major player in the game. So Although I'm out of it right now, it might be a blessing in disguise because now I'm building my business so that I can get back into it on my own terms. And when I do, I'll still have sponsors because why not? But I also have lingo, my own money. The lingo you're talking is I go build it and my dream will come. And that's exactly the order of how, how it typically works. If you go, you know, I sponsor myself when I built my ATM business. And you're sponsoring yourself by building your business, and that's exactly the way to work, you know. And and I think that within two years you can make millions. Just get a few of those products, you know, on Amazon rather than you know, you know, just just uh, change the change it up a little bit, you know. Do what yeah. you're doing. Take your same time and put it to something that that you know this one pays out this much, but this one only pays out this much. But your time is the same. Which one do you want to put it into? For you know? sure. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. better to sell five hundred dollar items than uh, five dollar books. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So I think that uh, let's see. I think uh, you know. I don't know. I'm gonna live in Malibu or San Diego. I'm not sure where I'm gonna live next. I'm trying to figure that out. You're gonna move soon. Well, I'm in San Diego right now on the beach, so I like it. You know. Yeah. I think. I'm everything's everything's kind of waiting on uh it's it's what i think it's waiting for and then what really is was is going to take place you know <laughs> yeah you know uh many months ago i signed a 40-month lease to lock in my rate at, at my rental rate so um i got about a year and a couple months left and after that i think i'm going to move somewhere but i don't know where yet but i know it's probably going to be out of state the whole point is to be in warmer weather um so that i can just be outside more often and be enjoying the weather and hopefully what do you like to say it again 
What do you like to do outside of Rio? Um, I like to do a lot of mountain biking um, and I mountain bike race as well. I just running outside, being active. I, you know, I played soccer for a dozen years. I played hockey yeah. for a couple, you know, and I played varsity hockey in high school. Um, but uh, I just like being outside, being active, uh, kayaking and- uh, You've done, you done mountain biking, uh, like at the big mountains, like the ski lifts? So not at the ski lifts in Michigan. I mean, there's a couple lifts, but uh, what I do is called downhill slash cross country. So it's kind okay. of a mix. It's not really jumping off of cliffs, but it, there are some downhills and there it's climbing too. So it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Kingsbury, this friend of mine, he took me, to, we went to uh, Big Bear. Yeah, I know him well. I did podcasted with him uh, twice already. Yeah. He, he did a podcast with me. He's a great guy. Yeah. Kingsbury's cool. I like him. He's a nice guy. Calif- He's a, nice a California mountain bike. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he, we I thought it was there. awesome. You know, his, his wife is joking. Yeah, but she's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I met him. I met him. And then I that day I met <clears throat> Brittany Bell and also Larry Ellison on the same day. So it was like, I met all these people. <laughs> the other day I met this girl, Sarah. She's kind of nice. I think she's got a boyfriend. I'm not sure. I'm trying to figure that out. That one out. <laughs> the dating process is such a pain. It yeah, can be. I've been getting into back back into the dating field lately. I switched my pictures up on uh, the dating sites, and uh, I found out like my pictures were from eight years ago. And I'm like, oh, this is just too old. I need what to do you these up. I try to do most of them, like Match.com and Tinder and uh, OkCupid and Bumble. Which one are which are successful? <laughs> um, I just had a date from this girl uh, from Bumble, and yeah, I yeah. just met a girl from OkCupid last week um he picked you that bumble picks the guy right yeah uh, bumble the girl picks which is nice that i don't have to do as much and they they kind of say hi to you instead of the other way around but on tinder i get a ton of uh spam it's like girls who have only fans accounts will send you their snapchat (laughs) and they want you to buy some from them i'm like this is not a person this is a spammer which is really frustrating but uh a match i dated a girl from match for like six months um so I think they could all be helpful. It's just um, what works for it in your area. Um, yeah. But you know, I'm 29 now, so it's like, where is my age range? I could date up to 40. I could date, you know, 21 and older. Like I don't know. Yeah, you have an age group that you like? Um, within five years, of my age would be ideal. But I mean, I'm, I'm I don't discriminate against women. So sure. uh, you know, um, this old yeah. older lady hit at me at the bar the other day, and it was so funny. I wanted to say this. It's like it's such a double standard because an older guy was hitting at a younger girl and she got super creeped out and like went to the other chair. And then the same situation happened to me where (laughs) an older woman hit on me and I thought it was hot. I was like, what's your name? You know, I started talking to her. So it's like, it's all about what you want. (laughs) Well, you you know, it's to me, my, my, I think the main thing that I'm looking for is a woman who could have kids. If she can bear children, then, because I definitely want more kids. Yeah. So. I'm not going to date a woman who can't have kids. What's the point? For sure. I mean, I wasn't saying she's 70. She was like, I don't know, mid fifties maybe, but I'm yeah. 29. So it's, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, if you haven't had kids, you definitely want to, I mean, you definitely want to have kids. I would think eventually. Yeah, some, I, some life blessed after you have the kids. So you never, you never know the order of how things work, you know, <laughs> like, uh, the, yeah, the order of everything is just, you know, life's a surprise at times, you know? 
Yeah, and nowadays you, you may be able to be 70 and have kids with like test tube babies and genetics that's going on and all the stem cells and research and scientific improvements. Right. Yeah, they, I've definitely, I've read some articles where women have had kids like in their 70s or 50s or something like that, but that's, a, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, why not? I mean, a guy, guy can have, I mean, uh, who's the guy who, who's the guy who just killed somebody accidentally on set? Alec Baldwin? Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, a gun went off. Yeah, he he actually killed someone in a, in a, on set, but but he he had kids. You know, I met I met him, gave him a bracelet when I was in Hollywood. I ran into him and he was with his baby, and then I gave him a bracelet. I mean, he's an older man; he's got kids now, so it's pretty cool. He's on his, you know, his kids. He'll die before his kids leave him, because <laughs> you know, the parent always goes through the heartache of of their kids, you know, moving away and stuff like that. You know. You know, you lose your kids, they, they take off, do their own thing, just like you did, and we all do. And then, uh, but this way, he'll exit maybe at the same, at the time they're getting older, you know, so. That's kind of sad in a different way. It, yeah, it's a, but, but at least you don't get the pain of having your kids leave you twice. Yeah, I got you, for sure. You, <laughs> you know, know? Uh, talk about recent news. Um, Betty White almost uh, turned 100. She was 99 and a half, right? Close, I saw that. She was, uh, so she was an player. icon in our in our culture, man. Yeah, my grandmother was almost 100. She was 99 when she passed, too. It's she amazing. Really it's like an uh, end of an era. Yeah, my dad, he's 79 now. He's one of my best friends. It's getting a little tough, you know. He's getting older. It's tough on the heart. So like, uh, did, did uh, your dad get you into racing? How did that come about? You know, I got into racing. I, I bought a motorcycle at this Honda place, and then I got a Yamaha eventually, and then I... I went to this uh, place in Tempe, Arizona, or Mesa, Arizona, and I saw a picture of Eddie Lawson with his knee dragging in the corner. Yeah. And with Mokuto cars, Tyco racetracks, you know, Hot Wheels, and everything when I saw that picture made sense. <laughs> so this guy, Cliff, is working there. He's like, he's like, you can leave your bike here, come back Monday, and then I'll fix up your bike, and then you can go to, you can go to track day in Willow Springs. And I'm like, <clears throat> okay, let's do it. You can, I'll go racing. He goes, no, no, you think about it. You come back Monday. You think about it. You killed the sport. So I came back Monday and I was there before he got there and, and uh, he set my bike up and I went to Willow Springs, got trained and came back to Daytona or came back to Fiber Raceway and won my first race weekend ever. Beat everybody awesome. on the track. <laughs> including that. Yeah, I've never heard of anybody doing that. My first race weekend ever, I started, in, you know, with, a, with the novices. Experts take off first and then the novices and I caught up to everybody and beat everybody in one of the That's races. That. I don't know if I've ever heard that. I've heard some fish tales first before, but that was my <laughs> I mean... I, I guess my only rebuttal to that, um, yeah. to try to diminish it because it sounds amazing, would be like yeah. maybe there was another event somewhere else that they were all at. I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, Craig Craig Kessler and Jim Cox, they were winning races at that time. And yeah. Craig Kessler was considered the fastest guy on the track. Yeah. And I I passed him and then and then he, he crashed trying to keep up with me. There you go. So you right. must have been killing it on the street before that then. I almost broke the track record. Um, it was like 110 lap time, and I got like a 110 something. I, I almost got the lap the lap record. Yeah. So, it's amazing so, to, to have your first bike to be capable of doing that kind of competitive time. Yeah. When I went to when I went into the amateur Daytona 200, the Daytona CCS race, I got invited my first year as an amateur. They, I, I got, I got a, I got first place. The guy from fourth place, he kept he 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 kept paying money to have everybody checked out. You know. Oh he yeah, the protest. Yeah, he protested the guy in 
and third and second. And then he worked his all the way up to me. And then he put up money to protest me too. And, and then I had my rear foot pegs on. He goes, dude, why do you have your rear foot pegs on? I'm like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to take them off. <laughs> and then they lifted my they lifted my seat up and I still have my toolkit. And he goes, wait, <laughs> this guy's got his toolkit in his bike. <laughs> and so he, because uh, I took first place and I won. So you're and, talking about underneath your seat where you still have all those tools from the stock. Yeah. Plate. Not, not like you had tools like working on something. I had my foot pegs in my toolkit. I didn't know how to break down a bike so it was lightweight. Yeah. <clears throat> I figured to get a 520 chain, but that was it. I ended up winning by like 15 seconds my amateur year. That was with yeah. Colin Ed, Colin David Sadowski who just passed recently. Uh, I talked to his son the other day, you know, giving him a, a sorry, you know, RIP to his dad. And uh, anyway, I, 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 that year, 1991, won Daytona. David Sadowski won the Daytona Twitter. Colin Edwards won the 250cc class. And then I won the 600 amateur, uh, 600 supersport class. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was something that I remembered, you know. But I, I remember getting an autographed David Sadowski poster. Yeah. He was like a legend before Scott Russell, you know, took over for years, you know. There's so much history at that racetrack, Daytona, from uh, sports cars to, you know, NASCAR and IndyCar, I think, goes there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and motorcycle racing from vintage to professional to CCS, you know, it's just like the names that have gone through that building or that not, it's not really a building, but the facility. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. For sure. It's, it's got a, you know, it's. I don't know. The race culture is really, it's a really unique family. You know, I think we, you know, to me, I feel like we stick together really tight, you know, yeah. <clears throat> that's, you know, but I know that the respect always comes from usually the fastest guys. So Rossi, Marquez, those guys, you know, Ben Spees, Matt Blend, you, you get these guys on your team, you know, then you kind of, you make your move, you know, but racing it's always about lap times, you know, if you can uh, do the lap time, you can hang, but if you can't, you better, you better kick rocks. Right. Yeah. How did Cameron Bobia get five championships? He left because he was so bored. Because he just, um, you know, on a team as established as the Yamaha boys, um, it just seems like whatever rider they put on, it just kicks everybody's ass. Yeah, I don't know. Cameron rides in a whole different element. He, uh, you know, he's got something going special the way he rides. Like five years, he's just done so incredible. I've never, never he, I remember racing with him and he was just so, just so fast, you know. I think he learned a lot from Josh Another Hayes. One. Josh Hayes was insane. At the and time. he learned directly from him. He was chasing Josh for many years, and then it yeah. kind of started to flip there at Josh the end. Four championships. I remember when Josh Hayes, uh, I hung out with Josh and Melissa, but I remember when Josh Hayes had braces. I mean, he oh, was yeah. just trying to race and got braces, you know. <laughs> he really made a successful career out of it. I was really excited to watch his career. And, uh, and then when Ben Spees came around, he, like, just shocked everybody, you know. Yeah. Like, who is this dude who just took out Mladen? I mean, nobody <laughs> took Mladen. Mladen was in a whole different category. And then Ben Spiesen comes over and takes the championship, goes to World Superbike, never raced there before, forms a one-paragraph contract, says, if I win my first year out, I get a MotoGP ride. <laughs> They've, like, we, we've got Rossi and Lorenzo. We don't need you, but we'll sign it because you're not going to win your first right. year out. Of <laughs> last race, last few turns, Ben Spies takes the win, does the unthinkable. You know, he got put on a satellite team and still took pole position and won a race. Now, but that is motivation to, to say, like, if I actually win this championship, I get a MotoGP seat. Yeah. Now, that would light the fire under anybody's ass. Yeah. Try <laughs> qualifying against Ben Spies setting the poles. It was it was near impossible. I'm like 38 years old trying to qualify. And Ben's 
Ben's breaking track record, him and Matt. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm doing everything. I, I'm almost killing myself trying to just qualify, which is pretty <laughs> much a routine. You know, you yeah. have to that ride like a gun. You have to, you have to ride like you have a gun to your head, you know, but, but I just never seen anything like it. Ben Spee setting these track records and setting pole positions constantly. And then having to, that's when qualifying was at 107%. Yeah. Not 110, it was at 107. So, you know, you got to be pretty close, a lot closer than the times nowadays. You know, it's the rules of Lakes cleaned it up. But, but, you know, and then I saw Nikki Hayden come through, but, but seeing Ben Spees was like a whole different world. I mean, that yeah, guy he was, had to have prior knowledge of those racetracks. He was doing simulators and video games for hours to learn those racetracks well before he got to there, the racetrack. So he knew his breaking point, he knew everything, he knew where yeah. the track was going. He wasn't going in blind. I start, I start thinking, I'm like, okay, if we can get Densner Crown or somebody sponsor this, this uh, future patriotic superbike team, you know, or maybe just the money comes to the movie. I'm not really sure, but who would I want as a who as a political race teammate? You know, Cameron Bobier, Ben Spees, Josh Heron. What about John Hopkins? You know, Hopper. No, uh, I, I like Hopper. I've met him. You know, I feel I feel mostly connected with Spees and Cameron Bobier and uh, and Heron. You know, yeah. there, there's always there's always a uh, Hayes too. Or, or Bostrom, you know, a couple of wild cards thinking in there, you know. I think Bostrom could come back and win still. That guy's, uh, he's always, he, I guarantee he's in top condition right now, you know. He's yeah, always, you never really get out of it. I see Scott Russell all the time on Strava just putting in like 70-mile bicycle rides, like nothing. Yeah. Is he <laughs> eligible to race again? You know, I don't know if he's still racing, but I know he's on a bicycle riding a lot. Yeah. Yeah, these guys are, it's funny. I grew up, you know, it's like you as you get older, you appreciate all the pictures and all the moments you had because they sure, they sure change, you know? Heck yeah. And, and, and then watching the Sadowski, you know, boys go in there and start racing. That was pretty cool. You know, David racing and yeah, I don't have any races in my family. I'm the only one. Yeah. My, other... well, my brother actually races, but nothing motorized. He does uh, triathlons. So he does oh. those Ironman, the full Ironman uh, deals. He's doing yeah. uh, one in Utah, which is now the world championship uh, final round. So um he, he's uh, gonna be racing with the best fastest guys for the triathlon and then oh, really? doing, uh, he's doing one in alaska inaugural race in alaska um in the middle of nowhere but i'm sure it'll be beautiful um yeah. i think both of the rounds i'll be uh for the utah i think i'll be in miami so i can't go to that one and then uh are they racing miller motorsports this year not I don't think so. Not for uh, Moto America, anyway. I think they are for CCS or Wera, but yeah. not for uh, not for Moto America. I don't believe. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'd be interested to see the tracks. That was a cool track. This is my flag, Eric, that I took. I've taken probably 150, 200 flag shots with different people. Yeah. Thelma Blair, you know her, movie star. She she helped launch our our patriotic. She ignited our one of our flags took a took flag photo with me and all that and then i sent it to my teammate so these are really important because we can all kind of come around the flag and and say okay whatever we contribute we got to look out to our flag our country you know absolutely you know i just actually got a, a new flag pole and a flag but it's not an american flag it's a checker flag so that is uh my true That's heart and soul so i got a checker flag flying right now outside my house but not an american one i probably should have both you know why not get both you know <laughs> yeah this one i've this one i've taken a lot i i keep it on my bike this this bike here in the background is the is i i one day tone on this 
I won a doubleheader nationals at Daytona. Yeah. And then I didn't crash. And I also qualified for the first time ever since Superbike Pro. Heck yeah. And somehow this bike made it through whole season and didn't crash somehow and Daytona. <laughs> so, and it's in my movie. So I figured I'll just, this is the only bike that I kept out of all of them, you know. Yeah, you know, I've uh, I've worked at Daytona now for two separate events, a pro and an amateur one, and I can yeah. tell you that everybody who's new there is at some sort of bigger risk than most tracks of crashing. Right. I don't know why it's and Daytona's it's, not, it's not the banking either. I would I would have thought people would be crashing all the time on the banking, but I didn't see one crash on the banking. Yeah, they, I, I watched bikes pile up there years ago. They had a crash right at the finish line. Oh yeah! Was, oh yeah! The, in the AMA race. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, and they're racing six hundreds now. I think they're going to go back to thousand cc, right? Uh, this next one is going to be with the modified six hundred, the six hundred superbikes. But aren't they doing thousand cc in the future? I hear. I don't know. Uh, you the can race one thousands, but it's the not an endurance race. Yeah, it'd be cool to see the Daytona two hundred thousand cc race. That's how I raced past, but our tires burned up. Yeah, I guess they go too, through tires too much and it might be too dangerous with the walls. Yeah, it's definitely. Ben Spees uh, blew a tire and shaved off half of his butt, I, I hear, a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally. So he got a bad act, bad boomer, and he was, I think he was going 200 miles per hour. You know? I, I, I went 204 miles per hour. I'm on the bank right at the edge of the wall. Cameron Bobier passes me, and then I, get, I slingshot. I get right behind him, you know? He yeah. pulled me to 204.5 or something like that. And he went 208. Jeez. I, I second fastest uh, trap speed. They pulled my bike over and checked it. Like, how did Paige get the second fastest? <laughs> right. And so they pulled me over and they checked my bike out. And, you know, they took it apart. It was fine. But, uh, you know, Cameron Bobier, I caught his draft. That was, that was, that was uh, some pretty exciting times. But, yeah, the most, I'd say the most crashed corners would be one. Although not yeah. too high of a corner. Three. The right-hander. I, I was going there in my, in my, and I crashed going in there bad. Yeah, the le coming into one, I mean, it's you're coming off the banking. You could, you could, uh, there's a wall on your left-hand side you got to watch out for. Um, yeah. But then, again, turn five. Turn four, almost nobody ever crashes in turn four. I worked that corner. Nobody ever, nobody went off. We just had one mechanical. Uh, turn yeah. five is a, is a big crash zone, that, that loop over there. A lot of people yeah. seem to crash, and we've had a bunch of people uh, go to sleep over there. Um, yeah. Turn six sometimes. Uh, then turn nine's a big hot spot. After the uh, back straight, uh, going into the chicane, everybody, yeah. uh, a lot of people go run wide or don't make the corner or go straight and have to go through the barrels and all that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when do you race again? Um, I, the next one that I'm going to is probably... Um, I actually just sent a couple of emails today, so it could be Homestead, Miami. Um, actually, the next time I'm riding is going to be February 6th. I'm doing a Supermoto. Um, this will actually be my first time doing Super Mini Moto. So it's indoor and a cart track <laughs> with, with uh, timing and scoring. It's $70 yeah. for a track day, and I'm renting a bike. So I'm renting a 50cc bike for my friend. And cool. they have timing and scoring, like I said, so you see your lap times every time you go by. Yeah. And then uh, I, I've been to one before and just watched it. And there's probably 60, 70 people who show up to these track days. Mm, right. All 50cc, 88 big bore kits, all small mini stuff. I think anything under 100cc is fine. So yeah. most, everybody's 
mostly everybody's on the Honda 50cc chassis. Um, right. But there's some guys um, on some other, I don't know there's a Kawi 65, but Kawasaki doesn't make a 50. Like there's other bikes that don't make 50s anymore. Oh, wow. So yeah. yeah. It'd just be fun. I'm doing one uh, February 6th and then one March 6th. That's just one day, but that's two miles from my house. And all my buddies, right, right. Great Lakes Supermoto puts it on and he's a good friend of mine. Um, so I can't wait to do that and uh, try out Mini Moto, put another uh, uh, riding discipline under my belt. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Because these are all slick tires on polished concrete surface. So right. everybody's sliding out and like crashing all the time, but you're in full leathers, full suit and everything. So there's nobody's getting hurt. Like everybody's like walking away, like, oh, that was stupid. <laughs> yeah, I've never broke these. My leathers I crashed in 2016. I qualified for the 2016 race and then crashed. I woke up and it and was on a different train mentally. I couldn't I I had such a bad head injury from it. I didn't know I was at the racetrack. But somebody grabbed my leathers that I had and took them. I finally oh, found out who had them and they said they wanted them because I because they were mine. I'm like okay well can i have a bag like oh come on <laughs> my shop i'm like i'm like how'd you get them and they're like well you're walking around naked in the hotel and i'm like what and they go yeah you're walking naked after your head injury and i'm like really and he goes yeah but nobody's saying anything to you because they knew that you were hurt <laughs> giving away stuff i'm like really so he said i gave away my all sorts of stuff to fans i was just walking around stark naked in the hotel and they gave away my leathers and i'm like i don't remember any of that stuff yeah and so but he's like, I want to keep it in my shop. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> but I mean, I, in my right mind, I would give away my super bike leathers because that's my uniform, you know? Right. That's, uh, you, need that. Wear, you need that to that? compete. You need that to compete. Yeah, I, I needed to, yeah, exactly. When, so luckily I had two, I had two uniforms they gave me, you know? So yeah. luckily I, you know, I still had this one. So, <laughs> but my other one, he took it. So, well, uh, I'll say if you, if you need a new suit, I sell Revit. Uh, those suits are used in MotoGP, so top-of-the-line stuff. Uh, I have my own Alpine Stars Adam suit over here, but I feel like I should I should sell that and wear the brand that I sell. They give me suits. They hook me up. Custom-made. Heck, yeah. Fit to perfection. It's a big name. Yeah. Actually, yeah, they get good, they're good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I mean, I, you know, I always, uh, I've stayed with them for the years, you know. For sure. I mean, they they give me probably seven, eight, nine suits. They give me a lot of suits. So. Oh yeah. Well, you're a big name, man. It's. Uh, I'm glad uh, that you decided to come on here and talk with me for now over two hours. So we should probably wrap it up now. Has it been two hours? Amazing. Wow. Felt like it was like you know 40, 50 minutes. Oh Incredible. yeah, it's over over two hours now, and there was some intro that I didn't even count in that. So where can people find you online if they want to follow like social media? Uh, my phone number is 760-377-7083. So they can always text me if they tell me their name, why they're calling up front. I'll have a chance to look at their name and see what they want. And then if they inspire me, I'll text them back, you know? Um, so I, I feel like that's a, and, or they can email me, johnrockpage269 at gmail.com. But the 760-377-7083, that's my direct cell phone number, you know? And uh, are you out there on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube? I've got my uh, my political thing name. It's under Johnny. What what is it under? I think I I have zero posts and and I literally did because I was I was trying to go about in a different way, you know. Hey, that's cool. It's if you don't use it, you don't have to, to mention it. I'll just uh, where do you where do you want people to go? 
John Mark Page Superbike 269. Yeah, I just don't, I've never put any posts up there. You know, I don't know why. I just, uh, I just, I just went about things a completely different way. With 45,000 and growing, that's pretty good lines. So keep it rolling, you know? Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. thanks again so much for coming on here. I'll get, get this edited and posted and make sure we thanks. tag everybody we talked about. We talked about a lot of people. Yeah, I'll definitely share the video. I mean, I got a lot of people to share it, so I'll, I'll definitely put it out there and share it. Very good, man. Well, uh, thanks again. And uh, I look forward to the next movie coming out, and I'm so excited to get that out there to the market. Well, I can't wait to watch it. Okay, Eric Swan, it's been a pleasure. Have a good one. Take care. Yeah, good talking to you. I was just checking. Okay. <laughs>